This episode of Comic Book Junto is brought to you by Bear Fruit, a Philadelphia-based lifestyle brand dedicated to turning beliefs into creative action and inspiring others to do the same. Head over to bearfruit.com, that's B-3-A-R-F-R-U-I-T.com, and sign up for our newsletter. While you're there, check out our other podcast, The Beautiful Struggle, a weekly conversation series hosted by me, Octavius A. Newman, featuring various guests telling their origin story. Don't forget to grab some merch from our online store. As a reward for being a loyal Comic Book Junto listener, use promo code CBJ to get 10% off your next order. Bear fruit. Believe. Create. Inspire. Now let's start the show. Junto, episode 36. I'm your host, Octavius A. Newman. I'm the creator of Bear Fruit, and I am here with my co-host, Adam Joe Blow Tetris. Joe Blow? Yeah. Tell me more on Joe Blow. First thing I came up with. Yeah, let's go back in time. Give me an origin story for Joe Blow. The first thing I came up with. Uh, Joe Blow has a scarab that is grafted to his spine. He, uh, Joe Blow is the Blue Beetle. That's Joe, what I'm, Joe is what Blow I'm is gum. That's what I think of when I think of Joe Blow. Joe, oh yeah, Joe Blow. No, yeah. no, that's Bazooka Joe. Oh, Bazooka Joe. But Joe Blow, I imagine, blows bubbles with Bazooka Joe. Wait, what is what is Joe Blow? All of this is very confusing. What is Joe? Now I'm confused. I who I don't know Joe Blow. I don't know who you Joe never Blow heard of is. That before? I mean, I know, I mean, like I think Joe Blow, like Joe Sixpack, kind of like you know, random. Uh, 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 oh, Joe Blow, like, oh, yeah, Johnny Bananas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Johnny Bananas. Okay. I, just, yeah. I was thinking of like, uh, uh, what's the name that they use? John Doe. John Doe. John gotcha. Doe. All right. We're using a lot of J's right here's now. Here's the deal. Here's, here's what we got. Don't be, hey, if you, if you hear these pop up again, don't, don't be surprised. Let me just tell you before we even launch into this show, mm-hmm. while Octavius and I are working on, we got a project and it's kind of like, it's, it's a comic book. Uh, uh, series. It's kind of like the X-Men, except all of them are named after anonymous individuals. You got okay. John Blow. Uh-huh. No, wait. John Blow? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. You got John Blow? I don't even know. All right, keep going. You got <laughs> Go for it. You got J- Joe Blow, uh-huh. John Boy, Joe Q Person. Oh, stop. Yo, okay. <laughs> Say all these off air because these are all very good J names. And now they're coming to me and I got to remember them for the future. These very good J Man, names. Man, these are good ones. Can I, can I tell you something? Just tell me. Off the record, on okay. the record since we're recording. Go. I was hoping you'd pull out Jeffrey. Ah, for my yeah. for my man, yeah, that's young right. thug. No, yeah. my name is Jeffrey. It'll come. Back you know what? You know what? I probably should, like, we should just record this whole episode because. But when you called me Joe Blow, I should have said no. no. My, My name, name is, is Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Young Thug. Thank you so much for listening to Comic Book Thank Junto. Thank you for the five stars and the positive comment as well. This is, of course, Comic Book Junto, uh, a.k.a. Anonymous uh, Talk, where we talk about Joe Blow, John right. Blow, yeah. John Doe, all yeah. of them. Yeah, all of them. All of them. Mm-hmm. Octavius, how are you doing this week? I'm doing all right. I'm doing good. Yeah? Has, some, has uh, a couple things go down. My friend <laughs> Kenny... <laughs> Kenny Sparks, a.k.a. Simba Sparks, just got married Yeah, today. congratulations, Simba Sparks. Shout out to him. I sent him a text message, and he sent me a text message back. Uh, and I just want to read this on air really quickly. I okay. said, Simba Sparks, happy wedding day. And he said, Tet, thanks, bro. And I thought, Tet, that's cool. 
I like ATET. I like that. I like that. So ATET is, uh, I'll probably change my Twitter handle to ATET. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So he just got married. Um, that was really fun to watch. Yeah. Um, it's fun to, you know, just help out and see that come together. Very exciting. Yep. Uh Um, outside of that, I saw, uh, don't breathe yesterday. Yeah. I saw an advanced screening of don't breathe and you liked it. I did like it. Uh And I don't normally do horror okay movies i'm not really a horror movie guy okay but i don't really consider this a horror movie it is how do you mean i mean like it's it's it is a horror it's not it's 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 being sold as it's being sold as a horror movie okay but you know i don't do spoilers so okay i won't be spoiling but that's what i have to say i liked it a lot very suspenseful sure but i would not call it horror yeah when i think horror i think Boogeyman's sure. Bo- boogeyman. Sure, you know sure, what I mean? Sure, sure. I think like spiritual, demonic, dark stuff like that. But uh-huh. just like bad guys doing and creating suspense, that's not that's not horror to me. Okay. That's yeah. just like, oh gosh, geez. I, is- I have to see that. Mm-hmm. And you and I are planning to do a one shot. This will be our first like different genre one outside shot. of outside of a comic book movie. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no. Well, well, we did Gods of Egypt. We did Gods of Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was, yeah. We that did was like Gods of Egypt. Dumpster fire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I saw but I, I took a sick day yesterday. I've been trying. I'm listeners, I am so sorry for like hacking my soul into the microphone. You can hear it coming out. Mm-hmm. And I apologize, but I've, I've been trying to kick this sickness for a little while. And yesterday I stayed home and I just watched movies all day. Yeah. I watched nice guys, mm-hmm. which was maybe my favorite movie I've seen in, in a few years. Really? It was, I loved it. I don't hear a lot of people talking about that. And, and you know, I saw that movie and I immediately thought that's from Shane Black. He did uh Iron Man three. Okay. Okay. Uh, I loved it. I just thought it was so good, but I watched it and I thought this reminds me of the first time I watched like Reservoir Dogs or mm. uh, Goodfellas. Mm. Not because the movies now, reminded no, wait, me of hold each up. other. Not because These are very not high. Because, I know. I know what I'm doing here. Okay. All right. I know. I know. Sure I know you, what I'm doing. All right. Because you're saying some movies. I have good words. I have the. I use the best words. So I know. I know what words I'm using here. Okay. What I mean to say is, I watched this movie and I immediately thought. I am going to want to watch this again. Mm-hmm. I am going to want to watch this maybe my whole life. Really? I, it was just felt timeless and funny. That sounds like a good. that sounds like Rocky. I loved it. Like Rocky's one yeah. of those movies where if Rocky's happens to be on, you're like, oh, Rocky's on. Yes. You sit down and watch it. I could I, I imagine sitting down and watching Nice Guys if it's on like syndicated mm-hmm. TV mm-hmm. just any damn day, any old day. I do feel that way about Goodfellas. I do feel that way about um what's the other movie you said? Uh, Reservoir, Reservoir Dogs. That is one of those movies that yeah. that come on anytime. You're like, oh, this movie, this is a good one. Let me just sit down and watch. Yeah, yeah. I felt that way about Nice Guys. I loved it. Uh, after Nice Guys, I watched The Big Short. Yes, that was. I very loved good. The Big Short. That very was fantastic. And after The Big Short, I watched uh, Place Beyond the Pines. <sighs> so I had a, I had a Ryan Gosling marathon. The Place Beyond the Pines was one of my favorite movies. It was like my favorite movie from two years ago. Yeah, I wept. In the movie theater, yeah, yes. Uh, this I yes. totally missed my. I did. I didn't know. I, I had no idea about this movie. I know the the guy who did this movie also did Blue Valentine, mm-hmm. and uh, Timory was telling me we can't watch Blue Valentine because you will be too upset. It's too upsetting, mm-hmm. too depressing, and so we watched this other one, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, what? 
You tried to warn me about the other one, but then you showed me this one. Yo, man. I, and the thing about, and the thing about, remember how I say I'm always kind of like chasing that, <gasps> oh my gosh moment. I didn't see yes. it coming. Well, yeah. I knew nothing about the place beyond the ponds. I had seen no trailers. I'd never heard of it before. Same. Same. Nothing. Not yeah. a thing. Not a nothing. Not one piece. Not one bit. My friend's like, we're going to see this movie. And I was went and I saw it and it totally slapped me across the face. Yeah. And I was just like, so just like gut punched because yeah. you have no in 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 blackout congregation those are the moments that i'm chasing yeah I'm chasing those moments I, where you're i understand like, i totally understand i that. have i totally did not see this coming i didn't I know what the no plot idea. was i i didn't know what the plot was all i knew is ryan gosling was in the movie mm-hmm. and even i didn't even know that Eva mendez and apparently they're dating and that they well, like, UTC doing too much they met on the set this is this is the kind of information that Timory gives me. She says we should watch this movie because Ryan Gosling and, and Eva like, Mendes. Ah, ah, yeah, I didn't know. Ah, I don't know. That's it. This is she has a lowdown. I can tell her uh-huh. about you know what what Sam Wilson is up to. I can tell her about Danny Rand and Misty Knight. I'm okay. like, oh, let me catch you up on the scuttlebutt. Right. Misty Knight and Danny Rand are talking again. I don't think they're hooking up. I just think they're talking again. Mm-hmm. And she says, okay, cool, cool, cool. Let me tell you about real human beings. Right. And for some reason, I just shut down. I'm like, can't hear it. You're Don't like, hear uh, it. <laughs> this is below me. Yeah. I have real things to deal so with. So that's how I spent my day yesterday. It was, just, it was just me and Ryan Gosling. Nice. For eight hours. Good. Great. Yeah. Okay. I think. Really enjoyed it. We had a great time. Ryan. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you. Really for five appreciate stars it. And a yeah, positive yeah. comment. We five stars, that. positive comment. I know you're a busy man. You know that you, that conversation you and I had about CBJ. I really appreciate that. You're great. You're great. So great. Thank you. All right. So why don't we talk about the part that we've just spent all this time <laughs> passing that we should probably do? This podcast is brought to you by Barefoot. Barefoot is a Philadelphia-based lifestyle brand that you can learn more about by going to barefoot.com. You can check out the things there. Sign up for the newsletter if you like. Check out the uh, store. Um, see if there's any merch on there that you like. You can also follow it on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all under the same handle, at B3ARFRUIT. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's that. So today's a big day because this is the first time we are recording in this new building. All new, all different, pretty much distilled. Same Indy Hall. Yeah, but I mean, like Indy Hall is all new, all different. It's been a mega Indy Hall week. 360. Indy Hall 360. I'm, I'm, I'm proud, proud, proud of this place and of a, of these people. And we have this new conference room, and we got a lot of good things coming. I think this is a sign of the times because Comic Book Junto is gonna is gonna evolve, yes. upgrade, and just we, like we we got we got some. Uh, Level ups we're playing. Uh, we got some stuff up our sleeves, and we think all of you are going to be really into it. So we're Hope excited. So. To get like, speaking into of that. which, we're, we're periscoping right now. That is true. This is our first time that we're, we're playing around with live yeah. streaming. Of we did show. our live show on Saturday yeah. at Amalgam Comics for Philadelphia Pod Festival. Thank you to everybody who came out to that. Yes. Um, that was dope as hell. I had a lot of fun. I don't know about you. I, oh, absolutely. That was really cool. Absolutely. That, that, really that's up on um, SoundCloud and iTunes and Google Play as well. So you can check that out. It's episode uh-huh. 35. And we're um, doing Periscope today for uh, what I think is going to be an interesting day. Yes. News is interesting. Mm-hmm. And our books of the week, folks, you don't always hit them. You, just, <laughs> right. you know, not every swing is a grand slam. Yeah. Not every swing. Yeah. So we, we're going to get into that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, So let's start with the news, though. Oh, 
Oh, God. Coming down. Wow. This is incredible. Pokemon Go news. Is there? In our news. Is there? Usually we have no Pokemon Go news. This is just amazing. You know, we've had such a drought of news, but I want to talk to you right now about stampedes in Taiwan. Mm. You sent me this video. Yes. You sent me, Octavia sends me a video in a text message of a stampede in Taiwan of people playing Pokemon Go trying to catch a Snorlax. <sighs> Wait, now, when, as I say those words, what does that mean to you? Nothing. <laughs> Snorlax means nothing to me. How does that mean? I don't Snorlax know. Snorlax means everything, my dude. Okay. Snorlax means everything. He's a big Pokemon. He just sleeps. I guess he's rare. And there's a video of the city, inner city. Uh, it, it's a district in Taiwan, which I, I promise I will not uh, uh, do a disservice to anyone who is Taiwanese and, and poorly pronounce this. So I'll just link to it. And uh, yo, that is unbelievable amounts of people all moving very hurriedly to one place. <sighs> trying to catch that Snorlax. That's... But it seems to me like nobody got hurt. My favorite part of the video that you sent me is the guy in the background blowing on his whistle. Mm -hmm. Like, oh God, please stop. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. He's just desperately he's trying to get everything he's control. got. But like, what are you doing yeah. with that whistle? No. So rest in peace to that guy's lungs <laughs> as he's blown on that whistle. But this video is amazing to me. Pokemon Go. Taking over the world. I, I don't know what to do with it. It's just out of control at this point. There was a video of, uh, I think, people in California doing something similar, where it's just like tons of people trying to make their way over to this park or something, try, uh, trying to catch a rare Pokemon. Um, I, I guess because you're in inner city in Taiwan, you have just a tremendous crowd mm -hmm. of people playing that game. But, yo, that is not a joke. Yes. That is a hazard. Yes. Dang. But, you know, I mean, we got people trying to sue Pokemon for stuff that's going on. But, I mean, you know, I don't know, man. It's like, uh, do you it's, remember? You know, uh, what it, you know what it's like? You know what this is all like? I was thinking of The Walking Dead. You know, when they wow. talk about, in, in the comic books, uh, when they talk about the horde or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, what do they call it? It's, it's when there's a huge group. That slowly moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A herd, maybe. And yeah. then they just, like, make their way over. If you mm -hmm. signal them, then they just, like, rush over your space. Right. And I remember that everybody, like, trying to batten down the hatches in the prison. Rick and, and Laurie and everybody batting, batting down the hatches. And, and there's this huge wave of, of uh, zombies coming ahead. Yeah. That's what it reminds me of. What, what are you going to say? I was going to say, like, this whole Pokemon Go thing to me is just, like, you're just sitting back and watching a spectacle. For me, because I'm not participating. Yeah, yeah. I'm not actively in it. You're not out there trying to cast a so, Snorlax. So as I as I hear about things that are going on and I see things that are going on, yeah. it's just like sitting on the sidelines and being like, wow. Does it make you feel... This is really happening right now. Does it make you feel like uh, older? Like, no. What, no, what are these kids into? Nah, I'm not like that. Like, yeah. I get it. I, uh -huh. I get it. See, that's the difference. Okay. They're the old heads who are like, see... That's y'all problem, see? <laughs> see, you're supposed to be in your books, studying. Uh-huh. And that's why you're grazed the way they're at right now. I'd like to see you stampede toward the library. Oh, okay. Open up old man in the sea. Okay. Yeah. And y'all over here trying to catch, uh, what you call them, a, a snizzle axe? They don't, never <laughs> how to, they don't never know how to pronounce nothing right. Try to get a, talk about a snizzle axe. Wrong with you, boy. <laughs> You better snizzle act them books. Oh my god! <laughs> no, that's I'm not You're like talking that. Talking about punchy rock. Oh. I'm not. I'm not like that. I'm more just like, oh, that's not my thing. But I, I get it. You understand? The I see yeah, how that's sure, your sure, thing. Sure. Look, I'm going to Comic Con in in October, Lord willing. 
You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to stand in all the lines. Yeah. I'm going to try to get in all the, the screenings. So I get it. I understand. It's and really, just, what's, the, what's the difference? It's just all the exactly, people in one room. Exactly. Sure. It's just not It's just not for me. And let's say there was this one thing that was going on in this one room, and they announced it. I'd probably be a part of a herd running there top speed. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's just that for me, I don't care about the snizzlelax. You know what I mean? I don't care about the snizzlelax. <laughs> snizzlelax is not what I'm really into. No, nah, snizzlelax. So, you know, Snizzlax ain't for me. Yeah. Snizzlax ain't me. That's fair. Uh, how about this? Tell me if this is for you. Do you remember the movie The Ring? Yes. Um, geez, when did that movie come out? 2002. 2002. I think. All that's right, The Ring. They, that's what I read earlier. The Ring got a sequel in 2005. Mm-hmm. Ring 2. Mm-hmm. Not so good. Okay. And it's getting another sequel. Mm-hmm. Rings. Yes. Which reminds me of when they did this with The Predator. They they came out with a movie called Predators. Mm-hmm. It's just, it really is just a plural version. And uh, in Rings, you and I watched the trailer yep. ahead of the show. It <laughs> seems like the Ring video is on the internet. Yes, it's it's on Reddit or yes. something or something like that. Why'd you put it up there? Who put it up there? Hey, this is what I want to know. I uh, I so, think it was Martin Shkreli. You think so? That jerk who who uh, made the 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 when he bought the Wu Tang album. That guy. He probably is the person who uploaded else. the ring. Yeah, he's something else. Why'd you do that, Martin? Why would you do that? Hey, man. Oh, he's just God. that kind of guy. Yeah. He's so let me tell you a little something about the ring. Here's what I have to say about that. So I'm recognizing why I am the way I am. And wow. In bringing up th- this movie Rings, okay, I go back to when I first saw the ring. Okay. When I first saw The Ring, I remember much younger, obviously, I saw one trailer on TV, and this is when I think my movie tastes and my movie decisions weren't as developed, right? Okay. But it was also a time period where the internet was different. It wasn't like you had all these trailers all the time, like, you know, trailers were on TV, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You didn't have YouTube, and you didn't have all this other stuff. So you probably would just see one trailer, or you would see the trailer before the movie. You just didn't have as much access. Yep. So I remember seeing the Ring trailer and going, wow, that looks freaking creepy. Yeah. You know? And just kind of being like, man, this is kind of disturbing, but all right, I'll go check it out. Yeah. I went and I saw the Ring, yo, and my glasses were dirty. Right? So, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers for the ring. Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoilers for the ring. My glasses were dirty. Mm -hmm. So, I'm in the seat. I take my glasses off, and I go to, like, clean my glasses with my shirt. Mm-hmm. I put my glasses on right back on. Now, I'm, I'm, I do not have good eyesight without my glasses. Put my glasses right back on at the part where they show that girl's face. Yeah. I'm talking about, you, I could not have timed it better. I went from blurry to seeing. Yeah. And the first thing I saw was her face. And I was like, oh, God. Like, I almost got up and walked out of the movie theater. <laughs> I almost left. I almost left. I was so disturbed. I was so shook up. I was so bothered. And I and I was and I was just like, yo, I'm leaving. Cause you know, like in like inside, I was like, I don't feel right. And the whole movie just made me so upset. But I'm saying that all to say that moment yeah. is again a moment I'm chasing. You I'm were not prepared for I that. I wasn't ready. You didn't have it spoiled in a trailer. No, nothing. Sure. I, I'm chasing those moments where it's just like this. Oh my gosh, I didn't see that coming. Sure. So, um, I normally don't do horror movies. Uh, And from seeing um, Don't Don't Breathe, Breathe. it's kind of like, oh, okay. But from looking at this trailer, it doesn't look as scary. No. As The Ring was. It's a different director. This one that's coming out now is being directed by F. Javier Gutierrez. Okay. And I was looking at his IMDb, and I, I can't see anything that I'm familiar with. He has a really small... 
uh, um, catalog, I guess, of, mm-hmm. of, of films, projects that he's worked on. Uh-huh. One of them, in fact, is actually the uh, the Crow, which is the original. No, the announced like coming one, the okay. reboot or something, and that one keeps getting bumped around, but. I don't know anything that I'm, I'm not familiar with anything that he's done. Naomi Watts is not in this one. No one is returning from the original. Um, and the, the original, the one that you and I saw when we yeah. were kids, that was a, an adaptation of a Japanese movie, Ringu. Um, yeah. So this is, it seems to me like this is just like, oh, has enough time passed? Can we dig this up? Put it back up on the screen? Can we just do this so thematically it kind of looks similar, but it's really not the same? You, you know what's different for me from watching the trailer? And I haven't seen the movie. And I'm actually like entertaining seeing this movie now. Uh, um, especially if, you know, people listening to our show want to hear us do a one-shot or do mm. on it or something like that. Um, I'm recognizing that the tone seems more Final Destination. Yes! Than it seems... The airplane. The ring. The airplane. Because for me, it's more like... Let's create this almost action-packed moment, right? Rather than let's create this creepy, suspenseful, slow tone, tension. Yeah. You know, because the ring—that's why I wanted to leave the theater yeah. because I felt dis- internally, like spiritually disturbed. Yes, that made me go. I would ra- I would feel more comfortable in my own skin if I was not in this seat right now. I know it's the thing with with the original movie. I remember watching that. And and having the feeling of being unsafe, because yes. because it was about that yes. that VHS tape, yes, and the TV is the vessel through that yes. thing, yeah, right? So I remember watching it on TV, yes, and thinking, no, unsafe, no. That's what a good horror movie actually does to the watcher. For yeah. me, it makes me feel like I'm not safe where I sit right now. Yeah, right now. I need to like put my hand over my face. I need to like cover myself in some sort of way. I need uh-huh. to lean back in my seat because I'm too close to what's happening on the screen right now. That's it's, right. Like I need to get further away from it. That's right. And that's actually how I gauge am I actually, you know, is this doing its job? And I don't get those feelings much from movies. No. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I was saying, even back to Don't Breathe, I wasn't having that. It was mm-hmm. more of a what's going to happen next mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. than a, oh my gosh, I'm. I'm actually kind of afraid here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I, as soon as the thing with the airplane happened, I started laughing as we were watching it. Right. Like it's just too much. But it's also, too much. I'm also a different person now than I was in the past as well. Freddy yeah. Krueger used to be scared. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. I sure, watch sure, sure. Nightmare on Elm Street now. It's funny. Yeah. It's not scary. No. But it just seems to me like movies from back in the day and i'm also i'm also reminiscing on my childhood memories i'm not really referencing current adult octavius memories sure but i just remember being more scared of those movies but i was also younger so the things that i was afraid of when i was a kid are ridiculous like you remember the movie hook yes the very beginning of the movie hook uh-huh when they put that that dude in the the chest the boom boom box mm-hmm. and they dropped the scorpions inside of it could not watch that could not watch that scene mm-hmm. because it made me too upset. I'm like, the idea of somebody being inside of a treasure chest with scorpions <laughs> made me so upset. I remember Home Alone 2. Yeah. Uh, when the dude's getting electrocuted and you see a skeleton and you yeah, yeah, yeah. Walked out of theater. Really? And by walked out of theater, I mean my parents carried me out of the theater. Because you were screaming, screaming at the top of your lungs. Oh, no. Oh, like, oh no. gosh. Oh, no. Adam, 
Atec. I want to play with something not scary, like spawn action figures. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't, I don't know what my mind was doing, but there were certain things that just like bothered me. But the Violator, you were just cool with. The Violator, I was like, he's cool. Mm. He's fine. He's totally fine. Rings looks uh, uh, wacky. Maybe we'll see it. Comes Maybe. out October 28th. Mm-hmm. Right around Halloween. Just in time for Halloween. Yeah. yeah. All right. So... Um, I don't know if you see this on your on your news side, but I got it over here. Huh? Um, Ian McKellen is that how you say it? Yeah, Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen, sir. sir pardon me, Ian. Excuse McKellen. me, sir. Ian Let me McKellen. Just go ahead and say that, right? Huh? Um, he's the actor who played Gandalf. That's right. Okay, so he was offered one point five million million dollars uh, for to officiate a wedding. Did he do it? But. Simba Sparks? But, right. But it wasn't just that he was officiating the wedding. Because uh, that, you'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, get this sh- money. Uh-huh. He had to officiate the wedding as Gandalf. Oh. As Gandalf. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh-huh. So it was a Lord of the Rings themed wedding? Or uh, it was just him? Look. All he, all I. What was the bride? Here's, here's, the, here's the quote. Here's the quote. I was offered 1.5 million to marry a very famous couple in California, oh. which I would perhaps have considered doing, but I had to get go dressed as Gandalf. And it sounds like he said no. He said so. I said I'm sorry. Gandalf doesn't do weddings. I mean, it. If you care that much about Gandalf, you probably respect that decision. You're but like, I don't you understand. know what? You know what? You're right. But Gandalf is beyond that. But why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he do it as Gandalf? I wonder, like, what, what's the, what's the line? What's the line? Is he like, oh, you want me to officiate your wedding and you want to pay me one point five million? Sure, I'm in. And I want you to dress up as the famous character that we all love you as playing. Yeah. Oh no, I, I, I'm a, I won't do that. It's like well, my, my dude. Like, I don't understand why you were gonna say yes, but we asked you to put the same costume on and get paid for it. You got paid to put the costume on before. Yeah, but I got it. I got it. I got it. I know exactly what it is. Okay, tell me. The ring. Okay. Okay. All the Lord of the Rings is about the one true ring. Okay. And Gandalf is in there. He's probably got PTSD with his relationship with very important rings. Okay. Uh, Oh, my God. We just did a story on a movie called Rings. This whole thing's coming together for me right now. Okay. He doesn't want to do it. Because there's the very important, the wedding bands. Okay. Right? Ten yeah. bands. Yeah, ten 50 bands, bands. 50 bands. 100, 100 bands. bands. Yeah. Forget it, man. <laughs> That's, I just put out some fiddle faddle right, right now. Right, right. Uh, he doesn't want to do it because it's a very important ring. Uh-huh. He's afraid, oh my God, what if I put this thing on and this dude disappears. Disappears. And Sauron can see him right now. <laughs> I am not. It's not worth the money. It's not worth the okay. trouble. I had to go through... Whoa. Do you know what I had to go through? <laughs> you shall not pass. I had to go through six movies, including the Hobbit trilogy, uh-huh. to to be rid of this. I will not do it again. Okay, he didn't want to be a part. All right, I believe this is what gotcha. it is. You know what I think's behind this? Full of a took. Here's this. You know what I think behind this? What's that? Team Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I don't have no idea. What this that was means. the famous couple that he was marrying. These <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Team Rocket. He married Team Rocket. All right, but I buy oh, that. I just thought that. that was that was a fun. fun that story is that story. is wonderful. Now, man, if another ring comes up, I don't know what it means. Seven days or something. Something. I don't know what it means, but if more rings come up throughout the rest of the story, I'm looking for him right now. I'm looking for him. Uh, we're staying on um, uh, movie centric news. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about another throwback. Okay, Jumanji. Okay, okay, Jumanji. 
is getting another movie. Mm-hmm. And for a little while, I was thinking it was a reboot. But, but our man, number one comic book Junto listener, That's fan, right. super fan, The Rock. Thank you for the five stars in the positive comment, by the way, Dwayne. We appreciate that. Thank you so and listen, much. listen, call me, Dwayne. Yeah. Call me whenever you need. You don't got to worry. I know, you know, you've got a lot going on, man. But And I know I'm busy, too. Right? Uh-huh. We're both busy. It's understandable. But, you know, I got time. Call me if you need, like, workout advice. Right. You know? Because your traps were looking a little... You know what I'm saying? Flimsy. You know? So if you need a, little, you need a couple pointers, I got you. The Rock says the Jumanji movie coming out is not a reboot. It is a sequel. Yes. It's continuing on. That is right. Like, why did I just say that? Like, people don't know what sequel means. No, I don't know. So but it's a I, sequel. It, for those of you who are uninitiated <laughs> and unclear what, what sequel means, it means continuing. Comic Book Glossary coming up. Okay? Right. Coming CBJ soon. CBJ Glossary. Soon, soon come. Is, is soon come. Why does he say it like that? Uh, here's the big news, uh-huh. right? Kevin Hart right. is in this film. Of course he is. Did we know this? I, Did I, I not knew. know this? Jack Black's in it too, right? Yeah, Jack Black is in it as well. Uh, listen, Kevin Hart, you oh put Kevin Hart in a movie, I'm probably going to check it out. You put The Rock in a movie, I'm probably going to check it out. Jack Black, I ain't really paying attention with this bull talking Sure, about. sure, sure. But Kevin Hart and The Rock, yeah. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. July 28, 2017. Mm-hmm. So we have a little bit of time. Yeah. Uh, I know that Kevin Hart and The Rock are talking smack on Instagram to one another right mm-hmm. now, talking mm-hmm. about who's going to get cut for Jumanji. Oh, wow. Like, who's going to get real cut? Uh, and uh, I think The Rock posted a picture on Instagram of him eating pancakes. Yes. And Kevin Hart said, really? You going to do that to your body? We, that, got, the, we, got, we, we got this film we're working that's on. That's one of his epic cheat meal things that yeah. he does. So I'm, I'm very excited. I, I w- did not care about a new Jumanji movie. Until I found out. I didn't care about a new Jumanji movie either until yeah. our man's in it ended up in it. That's correct. Yeah. I'm very excited about it now. All right. So y'all know who listen to the show, I'm a big Batman fan. Mm-hmm. A very big Batman mm-hmm. fan. We mm-hmm. mentioned this a little bit of this story um, on, on a past episode of Kampu Junto. But um, there's a full trailer of the new animated Batman 66 movie. Yes. It's going to be called Return of the Caped Crusaders. Yes. Have you seen this trailer? Uh, yeah, I did watch the trailer. What'd you think? D- bananas. I, bananas. I love it. I mean, it looks like a lot of fun. Yes. It's the old, super campy Adam West, Batman 66. Mm-hmm. It, it's just so silly, you know? I'm, yeah. I, I didn't realize that it... I know we did a story on this, but I just didn't put two and two together. I didn't realize that it was a feature-length movie <laughs> Coming straight to Blu-ray and yeah. streaming. Yeah. Uh, so now that I know that, I'm I'm thinking about it maybe a little differently. Do we know when? I I'm not sure when. I gotta find a date. The thing that I couldn't get over is I was thinking, do I want to watch two hours of this? Yes. Yeah. Yes, you do. Are you excited for it? I am. I'm excited to watch it, and I'm excited to do a one shot on it. Yeah, we now, will do that. That is the movie that they might have considered putting. Well, I haven't seen the movie yet, but. You know what I mean? Maybe that's something that could have done well in the actual theaters, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that won't be the last a, movie that yeah, ends I'm, up in I'm theaters. I'm trying to find this uh, date for when the movie is coming out. But do you, well, let me ask you this question. See, Doing a one shot on this movie, do you feel like that's something that you want to do? Okay, October 11th, by the way. Okay. And yes. We'll right. do a, we, we are going to do a one shot right. on uh, the new Batman Return of the Caped Crusaders. Mm hmm. And I guarantee it's going to be bananas. The whole thing's just going to be silly. I'm, I'm into that. Yeah. I'm ready for that. Yeah. But it's it'll be a good one. It'll be a nice departure from the dark, dark DC yeah. stuff we've been doing lately. Yeah. 
So I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm I'm into that. All I heard Killer Croc's going to be in there. BET plays a large role. Really, does it? Yeah, that's my understanding. So BET is going to actually show up. We talk about the logo is going to pop up. <laughs> the, and be in yeah, there as 1966. A but in '66, <laughs> that's something that could happen. Like the BET logo could have arms and like. I think the villain is actually racial profiling. Wow. Is probably what wow. it's going to be. Yeah, this just took this just this got very deep. powerful very quickly. I thought it was a very powerful twist <laughs> on an old tale. Here comes the twist: <laughs> racial profiling. I uh, also got this story coming up. This is this is a heart warmer. Um, we talked about this or a similar story long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a Star Wars fan who is unfortunately <laughs> terminally ill has uh, been given the opportunity to see Rogue One early. Yeah. Yeah, with the the understanding that he may not make it to the theatrical release mm-hmm. of Rogue One mm-hmm. and have his, uh, you know, just a little something very sweet, I think, to be able to have an opportunity to see this film before anybody else. Yeah. You know, you are a super fan and, and this is something that you ought to have the opportunity to do before you leave us. Yeah. And I'm, man, that that makes me very happy. That's very, very kind of kind of them because they don't have to do that you know what i mean it's not like oh come on guys you got to do this but i just think that's a situation where you could stick to your guns and go nope nobody sees it but it's just like man like what do you have to lose i mean the whole purpose of these movies is to bring joy and happiness of course make money of course obviously yeah but at the same time like we love this stuff yeah something that you can make creatively can you know bring joy to someone who is um terminally ill i just kind of feel like that that's a beautiful opportunity that you get you know and also as a creator to create something and to see into like the honor the honor to have someone say one of my last dying wishes is i want to watch i want to consume the thing you made yeah that's that's super powerful yeah it is yeah it is. It's incredible. Um, it, the gentleman's name is Neil Hanvey, uh, and uh, Gareth Edwards and Disney and all the people behind Star Wars Rogue One. Mm-hmm. D- they just did something amazing. A lot of people supported this campaign for him to be able to see this movie early, yeah. and uh, he saw the movie. My understanding is, according to the article, uh, Neil passed away this past oh, week. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, so I, man... I hope, I hope he loved that film. Mm -hmm. I hope he loved that film. Yeah. Uh, Because uh, what a way to go otherwise. I mean, I have no doubt. Well, I'm confident. I'm sure he cherished that experience. I'm confident that the movie is good. Yes. Um, It looks amazing. Like from the trailer I saw, everything looks great. Mm -hmm. Um, And from what I'm, you know, hearing about the other trailers, people are enjoying what they're seeing. Mm -hmm. And um, I just think that at that point, like it's such a blessing to be able to do something like that for somebody. I'm sure you had a great time. Yeah, no doubt. So condolences to the to the family um, for their loss. Mm-hmm. Um, much love. Rest in peace. Rest in power. Yes. Yeah. You are one with the force now, Neil. How about that? You're one with the force. And the How about force that? binds all living things. Um, so we got more conversation on Zendaya. Yeah, yeah. We brought this up during our live show on Saturday. Yes. Because we have news. Is it confirmed yet? I mean... It seems like all but an official press release. um, It's like everyone is pretty much going, this is the thing. Yeah. This is happening. Right. So Zendaya... Uh, Disney is, is she's a pop star. She's singer. She's uh, you know kind of the actress. Hannah Montana like do a little bit of everything. I can't say that I really have a whole lot of experience with Zendaya as sure. like consuming her like her 
the stuff that she's done. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm aware of her for sure. But Zendaya is very, very, very strongly rumored, pretty much guaranteed to be playing Mary Jane Watson in the upcoming Spider-Man movie. So for those of you who may not know, Mary Jane Watson um, is a love interest, historically a love interest of Peter Parker. Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Um, so, and historically she's been a redheaded Caucasian woman, mm-hmm. model, beautiful, you know, that's just been the relationship forever. That's what she's yeah. always been. Yeah. So Zendaya is not white. Yeah. Uh, she's a woman of color. And of course, as usual, the internet has lots to say about a person of color, a woman of color playing a woman who normally in canon was white. But all that doesn't matter because only one opinion matters. Well, I don't know about one. Only, only one. Really? No. But this one, okay. this one definitely matters. <laughs> right, right. Our man. Stan the man. Hey. Excelsior Stan Lee. Hey, so Stan Lee step in? Internet, what do you have to say? Yeah. Here's what Stan Lee has to say. Um, here's, here's this is Stan's quote. If she is as good an actress as I hear she is. How's my Stan Lee? That's good. That's is that great. pretty good? It's just All terrific. Right. I think she'll be absolutely wonderful. Okay. Uh, what else we got here? The color of her skin doesn't matter. The religion doesn't matter. All that matters is that this is the right person for the role. I'm getting a little bit of Iago from the movie Aladdin. All right. I mean, I gave so, it what I had. I do like it. I, I gave it what I had. I do like it. Can I get it? Excelsior? Excelsior. That's perfect. All right. Nailed it. No, but I mean, yeah, he's basically saying, look, I'm Stanley. Yeah. And I've, and you know. I'm Stanley. Hi. Like, I'm Stanley, And I approve. I, I made this thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, I don't know if he actually... Did he create Mary Jane? Uh, he is a co-creator of a lot of Marvel characters, uh, Spider-Man being one of them. There is a little controversy with what characters he actually was a co-creator for. Yeah. Because Stan, apparently, in the industry, likes to take credit for some things that he was maybe only in the room for. Hmm. But I don't know if he created Mary Jane Watson. <laughs> Either way, he's an incredibly powerful figure to be tossing an endorsement. Yeah. You know, to say... I am responsible for the legacy of these characters, the birth and the legacy of these characters. Mm -hmm. And I'm about it. Now, here's the thing. In his quote, if she's as good an actress as I hear she is, I think she'll be absolutely wonderful. Mm. Um, I'm with that part. Here's the part that made me go, "Mm, I don't know. Uh, The color of her skin doesn't matter. Their religion doesn't matter. All that matters is that this is the right person for the role. So that made me go, what exactly are you saying? Because that was kind of unclear. I think this is a broad, positive support message. But I think the way he said it makes me go, wait, hold up. Mm -hmm. I get the first part. Mm -hmm. But the second part makes me go, well, I don't know if I agree with that. In that he says it doesn't matter. It does matter. Yeah. But it depends on what he's saying because... It's unclear what he's saying. Is he saying the actress, the actor, the actor, whatever? Yeah. Like their skin tone doesn't matter. Their religion doesn't matter. All that matters is, is this person the best person for the job? That's what we need to be focused on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that's what he's saying, I get it. Mm -hmm. But if he's saying the character's skin tone doesn't matter, Mm -hmm. the character's religion doesn't matter, all that matters is the actor is right for the role. That's where I go, wait, hold up. Sure. I don't know if I agree with that. Sure. Because if 
someone because because <clears throat> you know what that starts to sound like because uh. again i'm leaving room for i'm leaving grace for a lack of clarity here mm-hmm. it starts to sound like i don't see race i don't see religion you we're sure, all the sure. same and it's like no we're not all the same uh-huh Race is a thing. It does matter. Yeah. Race does matter. That's the whole reason why we're having this conversation. Yeah. So I don't want us to explain race away yeah. and explain religion away as though it's not unimportant because we're all the same. Sure. Because that can kind of become offensive to a person of color and a person who subscribes to a particular worldview. To, to deny their significance, their, their uniqueness. Because that's a part of who I am. Uh-huh. And that's a part of what makes people who they are. Yeah. And if we're going to create media that represents where we actually come from, Kamala Khan's religion matter. does matter. My, my sense you is... Feel, you feel what I'm saying? I do. Like, Matt Murdock's religion does matter. I do. In in this particular scenario, my sense is Stanley is not saying those, those attributes are trivial to a person. Mm-hmm. I think he's only saying, in terms of qualities that allow you to become Mary Jane Watson... It, you, the skin color of of the actress and the the personal faith, but I don't even know why he said religion. That's I think what he just kind of like boop, let me toss that one but in that's there. That's what makes me ask the question. Like it's, it seems to me like he's just kind of waving a flag of acceptance. However, you make an excellent point, which is to say, you you can't just shoo away these things mm-hmm. as though they don't exist, as though we are all one amorphous. Thing like we're all the same. Yeah, I, I would go. No, we are not. Sure, we are not all the same. I think a a an equally powerful or dare I say more powerful statement is I think it's awesome that a black woman is playing Mary Jane Watson. Boom. That's that. It, like I I definitely think that's awesome. I think what he was trying to issue is kind of a anybody can be anybody. Enough said. Okay. Well, can anybody be anybody? I think there's argument. Uh, available for that and, and really what it comes down to is I, I think his endorsement and his positivity and support for this decision for this casting decision is important to me and since he is an older gentleman mm-hmm. I just feel like <clears throat> the articulation of his words was maybe less careful only be- not not with ill intent just because he thought well I didn't even think so far I didn't even think that far into like how that could maybe be construed as difficult or problematic or confusing sure because for me i hear somebody say that and i'm like yeah grandpa get it you are correct i hear grandpa say that and i go hold up grandpa which what do you mean by that sure uh, personally yeah, I don't, hey, I don't, you know this probably has more to do with the fact that i'm white and i hear another white person say i'm being an ally and i'm like cool enough said as if there's like no nuance there yeah. but in reality it's like you can you can say I stand by this decision and still not really like explore that well enough. Because I think that it, and let, let me <clears throat> kind of just dig in a little bit more. Um, and I think we got the freedom to do this because we have, we don't have a, a because big, we got a free podcast. <laughs> we, right. We don't, and we don't have a big news week this week. Anyway, for me as a, as a, as a person of color, I'm concerned that we don't, miss maybe what some people's point is here Mm -hmm. so if we say hey you know mary jane being played by a black woman is great yes that's one statement i love that statement another statement is and race and religion don't matter yeah hold up sure wait a minute 
You don't understand. We thought you were on the same page. You are officially not on the same page. You know what that makes me think of, so, too? Let me, let me get this last part out. Okay. Be, because the whole point of this is race, ethnicity does matter. The issue is the lack of representation of people of color. Mm. So when I start hearing someone say it, color doesn't matter, it's like, excuse me, you, you just missed it. You just missed it, and as a result of you missing it, it concerns me that we're, we, there's this kind of like, um, it seems like we're getting somewhere, but we're actually, we're actually not getting somewhere. I, I just want to go ahead and, and pay attention to this. And, and maybe if you're listening to this show, you've already thought of this right now. So hopefully I'm just saying something you're thinking about. The phrase is, the, I, I shouldn't even say the phrase, the statement is, mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. Right. That is very specific. Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. And when people get upset, rightfully so, when someone says, no, all lives matter, that is diminishing the specificity. That is diminishing the significance of black lives matter. So when you say, doesn't matter what your color is, doesn't matter what your faith is, I hear all lives matter, but by accident. It's well, kind of like an, it's well, like whoops! I tripped into saying something accidentally. Well, what here's here's what I will say. I'm not going to move to say by accident. Uh huh. I'm going to move to say, uh, uh, hold on now. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to pounce on you know Uncle Stan. Sure. You know, but I am going to say Uncle Stan. I know what it sounds like. Focus that. W- w- clarify for me. Yeah. Like, what are you saying? Because yeah. to me, I love you, Stan. I respect you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. You did a great... I mean, we love what you've done. Uh-huh. And I understand what you're saying. However, comma, this blast part here is almost like, oh, Stan, she should just stop talking. Sure. She should just stop talking. Because sure. you got to think, an atheist... Uh, a Christian, a Muslim, and I mean, again, let's we got to dig in. Religion doesn't matter. Does it matter to Kamala Khan? Yeah, you know what I mean. Don't tell me religion doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yeah. So, so I don't. I kind of, I, I kind of want to give Stan some pushback and go. I don't know if I agree with that last sentence. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Because so, again, Matt Murdock. Catholicism plays a huge a very role yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in what makes the real reality of and in our stories that we love every day that we love and we consume it's the full breadth of who a person is sure. it's all of who you are so you know your ethnicity your your race your cultural background where you're from your your religion and your wrestle and struggles with all of those things all of those things play a role into who each and every character is so in an attempt to kind of like it almost comes across oversimplified yeah but with, yeah. Ma- with maybe good intention maybe not maybe cl- maybe on purpose maybe not on purpose maybe you have clarity maybe you don't but i think it's at least worth comic book junto going excuse me you, did y'all hear that the way i heard it sure you know yeah. so let's let's talk that through and at least people who listen to this show don't walk away going yeah, yeah. R- race and religion don't matter right i'd be like i don't feel like i did my job right if you walked away from this show hearing that and going hearing us agree with it well, he that's why me agree I, with that's it. why i want to i want to investigate my feelings toward the sentiment too and 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 just want to i i guess 
I want to pull apart some of the way that I feel toward this because mm-hmm. when I when I read an article, and th- this is generally the tone of these articles, whether it's on, whether it's on comicbook.com or IGN or whatever news source, people are like, Stan Lee says it doesn't matter, so everybody just shut up, right? So it's like a positive endorsement. Mm-hmm. And basically, these articles read like, and I read it like, Stan Lee is being positive toward this thing, and that's enough. And what I think when I unpack this is my feelings is I read it and I say, Stan, the man is saying, everybody just be quiet about this Zendaya thing because it's cool. Everybody's cool. And that's enough. And then that final part, that's enough, comes from a place of privilege. Because Stan Lee, this this is me investigating no, I'm just, I'm just, this I'm for just myself. Chew, I'm chewing on what you're saying. Because Stan Lee says, look doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter what religion you are. Zendaya is probably talented and, and we're cool here, right? And for me, what I hear automatically is Stanley endorses this and we're good here. Mm-hmm. I don't investigate it further hmm. because I don't have the feeling that there's a lack of representation hmm. because I don't feel like I haven't been represented. Mm -hmm. Whereas my suspicion is when you read this as a black man, you say, whoa, hold on. You just dashed me away like that. You say, no race matters. Well, I have a race that's like, I'm a marginalized community. I have no faith matters. I'm a person of faith. I invest energy into that. Mm -hmm. Yes, it matters. So I think I have to take a look at myself. And for me, this is like trivial news. Stan Lee says Zendaya rules. Okay, moving on. Yeah. But in reality, there's more to it than that. Yeah. It's an articulation. It's an articulation. There's more to it. There's more to it. And it's interesting to have that revelation as we speak, Mm -hmm. because in my, in our news run, in our, like on my computer, I'm looking at this. I'm like, okay, light, 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 light news. Yeah. Nothing to investigate here. Moving on. That's what, that's what comic book Gento (laughs) is. We go, we go find stuff to talk Mm -hmm. about because there's a lot, there's Mm -hmm. a lot. And hopefully people listening to this show. I know for me, I listen to lots of podcasts. And I was just thinking today, it's like, man, I've become more woke mm-hmm. as a person of color, a black man, mm-hmm. by listening to other people talk things out. Make me go, whoa, 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 wait, whoa. Yeah. I didn't ever even, I never even thought about it like that. Man, I am angry about that. Yeah. Man, I am. You know what I mean? Because it's perspective. You actually hear someone's other, someone else's perspective other than yours, another angle other than yours. And I mean, I think that when people consume geek culture, they can kind of just go, you know, sure. She's black. We're done. Sure. You know, we did it. It's over. The president is black. What are you talking about? Racism doesn't exist. Look at Barack Obama. It's over. It's done, you know, and it's kind of like, yeah, but let's break this down a little bit. And there's other areas and there's other pockets and cultures where they do that. But do they actually do that with the geek culture that we love so much? That's right. And it seems like it took us. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, the power man and iron fist of podcasting. That's right. But it, it is interesting because now as I think about this story, as I think about this information... For Stan Lee to say, if she's as good an actress as I hear she is, I think it'll be absolutely wonderful. Dope. I'm in. I wish, 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 like you said, we would just end it there. Mm -hmm. Or 
If you were going to continue like you did, I wish you, Stan Lee, would have said, I, I celebrate her blackness. A black woman being Mary Jane? Hell yes. Or, you know, just nothing. like being, I, the, the, I, if you were going to take it there and you were going to comment on it, to not be so vague, I guess. And I, I, I don't know, just like be specific. If there's an action item for me, is for me to think about this in, a, in an opportunity for me to say, like, I don't know, I think all races should be able to do whatever they want. Because if you look at this, I want to endorse the person. Yeah. This is a specific person. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a key point. I want to endorse the person. The person. Zendaya. Ooh, that's actually really heavy. Zendaya is the right person for the role. Yeah. Not, you know what? We'll take her because. All of the things that make her her don't matter. Yeah. Because that's actually what he said. Yeah. What he actually, regardless of his intention or what he meant or what he was articulating, those are things we don't know. Words have meaning. The words he said was, her blackness doesn't matter. Sure. Her faith or non-faith or whatever doesn't matter. Although or, in fairness. Or it could be Mary Jane. Yeah. Her ethnicity doesn't matter. That's right. That's or right. Or Mary Jane's faith doesn't matter and it's kind of like uh, i'm sorry what yeah it doesn't matter you know and that's actually but to say zendaya she is right because if you really look at this and I'm uncle uncle stan i love you but i'm just going you're going through the ringer like everybody else goes through sure it. sure like you really didn't say anything sure you this is actually very strategically well he tried to be. If she's as good as she is, great. Did he actually say anything? No. If she, which I don't really know, you know, like if she's as good as she said she says she is, I think she'll be absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Truthfully, he really didn't say anything sure. just now. If, sure. I, 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 you know what? If he's as good a cook as he says he is, I'm sure the food's fine. Sure. Is that is that a good Yelp review? I mean, it's a gamble. You know what I'm saying? I ain't trying to gamble. And then the color of their skin doesn't matter. Their religion doesn't matter. All that matters is they're the right person for the role. If you really want to break it down, you didn't really give us anything. Sure. What's really happening here, and I'm recognizing this, that's Uncle Stan. Yeah. And because it's Uncle Stan, yeah, Stan! Like, and it was generally not negative. Yeah. So we're all just excited. But if you really, like, put it under the comic book Junto microscope, Put it under the, you know, you really dig in there. It's they, like, my, hey, there could have been great, hey, there could have been great power in this statement. Yeah. And he has great responsibility. Oh. So, yeah, it, I, I, I do wish there was something very specific here. I think it would have been very powerful and it would have been a very different kind of statement if he said, Zendaya is it. Mm-hmm. That, that's a different thing. And I didn't think that before we got into this. Hmm. I didn't, I didn't really, I was, truth, full, full disclosure, when I read it, it was kind of like, uh, mm, mm, mm-hmm. uh, mm. uh-huh, uh-huh. And even when in the beginning of this, like, yeah, he said, and then now that I'm thinking, it was like, well, now, why is this not sitting right? It's yeah. like you put a shirt on and you button it up and you look at the mirror like, it looks good. But then when you, you start to kind of like, this doesn't... There's something wrong. What's wrong? It's kind of itchy. This doesn't feel right. Sure, sure, sure. And now I'm kind of like, nah, I'm taking this back. I don't... I don't know about this. Yeah. But important, important listener, we're not thrashing Stan Lee. No. 
We're not beating up on him. We're not saying he's a bad guy. We're not name calling. What we are doing is we're really trying to sort through this and go, well, how do I truly feel about what I read? What do I know? What don't I know? That's right. And where does that leave me? Uh huh. And I think that that's fair. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I don't know Stan Lee to be able to say, hey, man, give me more information. Tell me more. I know what it sounded like, but. What do you mean by that? You're, that's your catchphrase, right? As we as we discussed many many episodes ago, yeah. You you slowly take off your motorcycle helmet, right? And you say, "Hey, tell me more. Tell me more. Hey, Mephistopheles, tell me more." Well, well, I I I uh, <laughs> I, I think that Zendaya, if they say is, uh, uh, I think her music's fantastic. And uh, I didn't mean to slight her entire race. I was, I simply, <laughs> I misspoke. I, I'm very, I, I struggle with using the term black. I'm just, I'm not actually from this plane of existence. And I'm still trying to figure out uh, right from wrong. I, uh, I'll get there. I, bear with me. I, I hear there's a saying you say there's grace for you or something of that nature. I plan to just throw this building to the ground and not have a, a, a truly substantial conversation. I, I appreciate your presence and your inquisitive nature. This has been truly a, 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 an incredible moment for me. Oh, man. Anyway, back to hell with me. <laughs> this podcast is ridiculous. Uh, Appreciate you, Mephistopheles. Thank you for the five stars and the positive comment. And thank you for not destroying all of Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by Indy Hall 360. Um, you know, uh, keeping with geek culture, black girl magic, um, we've got Reba. black girl science, more like. Hey, oh, right, right. Black girl science. Um, we got Riri Williams. We got some Riri Williams news. You want to yeah. tell us about that? Yeah. So we, the last time we talked about Riri Williams, we talked about her becoming the new, quote unquote, Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And there's conversation about what that looks like and how that actually plays out. Imagining, you know, she's not going to actually assume the, the name Iron Man. Mm, she's, she's a woman. not a man. That's right. Great point. My buddy Kenny brought up to me was like, yeah, but how's she going to be Iron Man? She's not a man. So how's that work? Yeah, and I mean, like, it, it's not like it's not like we haven't seen weird gender stuff in comics before. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at look at She Hulk. I love She Hulk, mm-hmm. but her name is She Hulk. Yeah, that's a weird name. Yeah, it's just a weird name. I'm the She version of my She-ra. cousin, He Man and She Man She Ra. Yeah, so. There's that, but there was some conversation about what this is going to play out like, Mm -hmm. and I remember some people saying, Iron Maiden, that's a cool name, and we finally have an answer for her name when she hits the scene as a Marvel superhero, Iron Heart. I like it. I like that. I like it. And I really like like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Uh, the explanation from Brian Michael Bendis as to why Iron Maiden was not going to work. Iron Maiden looked like a legal nightmare. Yep. Good. Answer. That's it. Okay. Case closed. <laughs> we go. Case Done. closed. Yeah, you're and right. If you're Disney and Marvel, 
They coming for all that I think money. Not. They coming for all that. So Ironheart sounds right. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited to find out how that comes about, how she chooses her name, or what that works out like. But it makes sense. It, Tony Stark used the suit originally as a means to power his heart. Mm-hmm. So heart makes sense in there as a legacy thing, as a nod to the original. I, I just dig it. I like Ironheart. Yeah. Now what I'm curious, and this is another thing, man. Simba Sparks, he got a lot of cameos in the show. Yeah. Uh, he he had mentioned he wants to know what's going to happen to the name of the comic book. Yes. Is is Ironheart going to be the hero of the Invincible Iron Man comic series? Mm-hmm. Or is it going to get a renumbering? How's this going to work? Right. So I'm curious to find that out. But the news here is Ironheart is a dope name. That's yes. all I got. Yes. Still want to know how she gets her hair under the helmet? Definitely want to understand how that works. That's it. I want to see how that works. Does she, does she, does it, you know, it'd be dope if it braided it for her. Ooh. Really kick. Like oh. braided it down. Wow. In the cornrows. And then... Man, I mean, you might, might as well design it to do. Yeah, your why hair. would you not? Yeah, Come you on. made your own Iron Man suit. You can in have the, it. And in if your you can freaking shoot repulsor blasts and fly around, you can have it braid your hair up. That's that is one of her like never impressed friends who is saying like, "Riri, if you can make this suit, you can make something to braid your hair." And she's like, Riri's like, I, I thought do you maybe, see the suit? I thought maybe you would. Can you just give me a moment? But what you going to do with your hair, Riri? Can you just give me a moment? What's going on with your edges? Can you just huh? appreciate this for a moment? Huh? Yeah. Your hair, though. Never good enough. Like, where's what's what's with that? It's like you say, you saying Bolt's mom went on TV. <laughs> it was just like, I want, him, I want him to settle down and get married. Yo, this dude. Usain Bolt is like literally the fastest human alive. Literally flash on earth. And she's like. Uh, when's he gonna get married? When's he gonna have some grandkids for real? <laughs> Unimpressed. <laughs> that's so funny. All right, so that's it for the news. Where are we at on time, Adam? Woo! Going long. <laughs> and we we said we don't have a whole lot of news, so this is gonna be a short show. Yeah, we go. We're, we're we're going long. We we we're making up right now. We're making up for what's to come. Let's just say that. But uh, we're we're gonna move smoothly into. Our yeah. talk back segment yes. right now. This is the part of the show where we like to talk to you and with you. You can chat with us by hitting us up on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Follow us on at Comic Book Junto. Mm-hmm. You can use the hashtag AskCBJ. Yes. Ask us questions about comics, geek stuff, your life, whatever you want. You can also hit us up by email. That's uh, Comic Book Junto at Barefruit.com. B3AR. F-R-U-I-T dot com. Yes. And you we also yeah. um, oh. talk to us via le- actually leaving us five stars and a positive comment on iTunes. True. Um, and you can do that. We appreciate that. And what that does, just to give you guys an idea and understanding of what that does, that helps people find us. So as we get five stars and positive comments on iTunes, it helps us rank higher. By us ranking higher, people can find us, join the Junto, just like you have, and appreciate the show the same way you have. So Yeah, think of it like your review on iTunes is an invitation to someone. Great way of putting it. It is an invitation to someone to join the Junto. That means the world to us. We will hope that you want to join this too. More people in this room, more voices. The show only gets better. I promise. Yeah. So I want to do. I want to read a couple of five star reviews that we got. Oh yeah, we got a few recent ones. Um, so yeah. So like Adam said, hashtag AskCBJ on Twitter. Send us an email um, as well, and your question or your comment could possibly be answered or read on the show. So five star comments. Um, our Pizzle. R P I Z Z L E. 
Five star review. Is that a Pokemon or Pizzle Last? <laughs> Listen, I don't know, but I'm about that. Like I tell you all the time. <laughs> uh, thank you for allowing me to remember why I love comics since I was a young lad. Hey. And letting me be a part of a conversation through proxy that I don't get to have often at my age now. I am wanting to get back into comics after some years away. And this podcast allows me to get caught up enough to let me go on my own escape. Thanks for the five stars and a positive comment. Also, Adam, <laughs> how's Frankie? How's Frankie? Yeah, I don't know what that means. You know what that means? <laughs> yeah, how's this guy know about Frankie? I don't know. <coughs> oh, okay. Frankie is uh, Frankie is the name of one of my tattoos. Ah. Stegosaurus on my, ah, left, okay. on my left wrist. Frankie uh, and the I, on my wrist. We, we became friends back in 2007. And during the time when I was very stressed out in my life, I was very stressed out and I just wanted something that would remind me of a time when the most important thing in my life was a dinosaur. Hmm. And when I was a kid, my favorite dinosaur was Stegosaurus. So I got a Stegosaurus outlined on my wrist. I see Frankie every day. Hmm. Uh, and he is named so because of the band Frankie Goes to Hollywood. They were popular in the 80s. They had a song called Relax. And Frankie helps me relax. There we go. That's what that's about. That's what's up. Yeah. Word. Frankie's doing all right. There we go. Yeah. So thank you for that five star and the positive comment. Our Pizzle, we really do appreciate that. Um, we got another oh, one. Oh, I know who that is. It just occurred to me who you that is. You got it? Yeah. Okay. I got it. I see you. I see you, Our Pizzle. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. So we got another one. Um, this is from, man, what's good life? But it's spelled W three dollar sign Dag. underscore G zero zero D life. Dag. I'll, I'll take it. All right. So uh, the live Jim show was lit, and you guys got great on stage chemistry that translates well throughout the podcast. And you guys gave me some good ideas I could apply to my own podcast, The Midnight Marauders. Best of luck, guys. Mark. Hey, Mark. I remember Mark. Hey, very nice to meet you, Mark. What's up, player? Thanks for coming out, man. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for the five stars and a positive comment. Literally. Um, appreciate that. And yeah, man, we have another one that is very long. I'm going to save that five-star review for a later date. This okay. one is very good, but we'll, we'll hit that one another time. And you picked a question for us for our talk back. We yes. got an email from David Johnson and, uh, you, you chose this one. So if, if you mm -hmm. would, if you would do the honor. All right. From a loyal Philadelphian turn Texan Junto listener. Hey, I'm going to try to make this short and bullet pointed. I could talk uh, I could talk, uh, have a Junto session for hours via email. That sounds like somebody I know. All right. That sounds like Octavius could talk for hours on the phone. Who, me? Yeah. No. Yeah, little known fact. We do this show only because these, these conversations would have happened anyway. This is very true. We just had to, we had to monetize it. That's what yeah. <laughs> Right. You guys talk about chemistry. It's literally because we're having these conversations <laughs> on the phone for years. <laughs> this same, you might as well turn the mics off because yeah. it's going to happen anyway. All right, so one, you guys inspire me in more ways than one to start my own podcast, to use comics as a way to connect to real life, all of that. Um, I salute y'all. Keep up the good work. Two, I've got two talkback questions. Take your pick. Deep question. Most superheroes have some sort of faith or secret morals that ground them in their adventures. Daredevil's Catholicism, Kamala Khan's Muslim beliefs, Batman's moral line, etc. It goes right in line with what we were talking about earlier. That's right. If you can put yourself in their shoes, how strong does the lure or pull of the dark side have to be before you seriously think about reevaluating your crime fighting strategies? Does it take family murder in front of you like Flashpoint Paradox, Batman, etc.? Um, there, there's the less deep question, and I'll read that one too. If you became a villain and had to argue 
and convince a hero that your way of doing things is at its core similar to theirs, who would you be? Example, Punisher explaining Daredevil on the rooftop why his way of justice gets results, but you can't use that one. Hmm. Much peace and love and hope to see you guys um, at in New York Comic Con or San Diego Comic Con. Ock and John Bone, the real power man in Iron Fist. <laughs> John <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think we're going to go with the first question. <laughs> uh, yeah. The deep okay. question. Okay. All right. So let's, let's dig into that a little bit. Uh, so we're having a conversation here about faith. Mm-hmm. We're having a conversation about well, like a breaking limit, a threshold. That's what it sounds like. Yes. Yes. So most superheroes have some sort of faith or set of morals that ground them in their adventures. You agree? Mm -hmm. I do. So examples of what we talked about earlier. It's very interesting that this kind of just ties in naturally. Daredevil's Catholicism. Mm -hmm. Come on. We did not plan this. No. No, no. That would be giving us us too much credit. Just just, no. This is not. We didn't plan this. This Uh -uh. is just how it happens to be. Uh Very interesting, though. Daredevil's Catholicism, Kamala Khan's Muslim beliefs, Batman's moral line, etc. If you can put yourself in their shoes, how strong does the lure or pull of, quote, the dark side have to be before you seriously think about reevaluating your crime-fighting strategies? I think what he's saying is, if you have this sort of line that is connected to faith, Mm -hmm. I will or won't do this based off of my belief system, worldview, whatever the case may be, what kind of things would force you, draw you, cause you, justify, I guess, in your mind to cross that line or go against that or do the thing you said you wouldn't do as a result. You know what I mean? Like Batman says, never kill. I'll never kill. That sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Bullets are tool of the enemy. Yeah. Kind of thing. Uh, what kind of, Man, this is an interesting question because in, it, when I think about this question, I think... Isn't the lure of the darkness, isn't, isn't that the test of your faith or moral code in hmm. and of itself? Tell me more about So that. being lured by something that seems convenient or easy, um, seems like that would be the test of the code that you live by. And there are so many times when, when Batman himself tries to think on this in Killing Joke. And mm-hmm. we had a conversation about this yeah. where he says... Well, in the beginning, Killing Joke, he says, here's the deal. One of us is going to die. Yeah. Right? So let's just get this one out of the way. Mm -hmm. But I think in a lot of the comics, it would be very easy for Batman to kill Joker. Let's just be done with you. Yeah. Get out of my hair because I could use the time and the vacation. Thank you very much. Right. But the reason that it's important that he has a moral code in in the first place is because there are things that challenge that. And he says, no, I will never kill. Even though it would be very easy for me, no, I would never kill. Even though it will actually make other people, I mean, potentially safer hmm. in Gotham City. Arguably. Yeah. I will never kill because this is the code that I live by. And the allure of the, the convenience of what it would grant him <clears throat> is the challenge to the code, which is basically what makes the code in the first place, I think. So... It's hard for me to think about, like, at what point does that break? It's hard for me to think about that because isn't that what tests your faith at all? Otherwise, what is your faith? If your faith is never tested, what is your faith? Mm. If you never even have an opportunity to fall on it, to rely on it, to invest in it, to double down in it, Mm -hmm. then what is it in the first place? Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So... I don't know, man. 
I, I don't know how to answer the question. It, it would be something particularly egregious. I mean, he put in here, does it take family murdered in front of you? Like, yeah, I'd be pretty bad about that. And so I'm trying to think like, uh, if I said no, never kill, and then I saw someone that I love very dearly killed in front of me, would I be able to kill the person who did it? Well, I mean, otherwise, no, never kill is just something that I say. That's not actually moral practice. Well, so faith is, first thing we have to do in my mind is get some definitions here. Okay. Get some clarity mm -hmm. because we could be talking about all kinds of different things and we need to really, really get more clarity on, because it's really easy to say, I believe in so-and-so and so. Of course. I, I think such and such and such. It's a lot different. To live it out. Of course. Yeah, you know? exactly. The difference between different. like a catchphrase and what you actually live by. Yeah. yeah. So love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Mm. Okay. For example, love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love endures all things. Love hopes all things. Right. So if, if you're a Christian and you know that this is a part of the Bible where it's talking about, here's what love is. Mm -hmm. There's no greater love than that someone would lay down their life. Mm -hmm. This is what the Bible, if you believe in this, is saying, right? Um, so I think the first thing we got to recognize is that <sighs> depending on what you mean by faith, it's, it's not really about your it's not, it doesn't start with you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's interesting. It doesn't start with you necessarily. You have faith in what? You have faith connected to what? Is it something larger than you? Like, wh where is this coming from? Yeah. You know I mean? What's this based off of? Sure. Because if you're like the beginning and the end of it, then you can flip it and change you it. You do whatever the hell you, you want. You do whatever you want. Yeah. Because it's not based off of anything but the decision I made right now. And you know what? I've engaged with and I've encountered something else and it's caused me to actually go, you know what? I don't, I, I don't agree with that anymore. So I suppose part of this question is about accountability. And who do you owe this to? This That's behavior a good way of to? It. That's a good do you way of owe this to yourself? Do you owe this to a, a divine being? Do you owe this to... Is it a community thing, culture yeah, thing, right. neighborhood thing? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like what, what are you bound to? Yeah. You know? And if you're willingly binding yourself to it, you know, are, are, have you understood that there's sacrifices that are connected to this thing as well. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's a very deep conversation to kind of dig in and go and like, you know, it, it's hard to say just from this because we'd really have to chop it up. But I'd say the first thing we have to talk about is like, what are you actually binding yourself to when it comes to faith? Yeah. I'm binding myself to, um, if I say, I will be with one person for the rest of my life um, and I will never cheat on them. And yeah. then things get very hard. Things get very difficult. Things don't turn out the way I want them to. Do you now have the right to change? Mm -hmm. Like what's your belief? What, what, what is, what do you, what, what's this contract look like? Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What's this contract look like? And can your actions be justified? And what are the consequences if, if we break the contract? That's right. You know, is it a contract between you and I? And if one person breaks one side of the contract, then the contract is void. Is it, you know, a commitment from me to you and it doesn't matter whether you hold up your end of the bargain or not? You know, it's... it's well, I mean, really you, you say this all the time. There's grace for you, mm -hmm. right? And I think 
uh, Kamala Khan, it is important that she is a Muslim. Mm -hmm. And if she were to do something in her superheroing that goes against her faith, and she were, were to be honest with herself, and she went to her community and she said, I, I did this thing, and it, it betrays a principle of our faith, is there grace for her? As a consequence, would she be able to, would someone be able to say like, yeah, but you had to do that? Or would somebody be able to say, look, I understand that you sh don't ever do that again, but there's grace for you. You'll be okay. So it's almost like this is a, like, it's all, you know what I often think? <clears throat> I, almost, I often think that there's a different, a lot of times we get questions. And there's an actual it's different question. Like, it's actually like, kind of nestled in there. Yeah, like the, uh, the question What's is. What's at the core of this? Kind of what I'm digging for is like, What, man, this is hard. I think I had it, but I feel like I lost it. Mm. Like, what is, what is, what is faith? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like more so than what's it going to take to break it? It's like, well, what is it? You and know then, what I mean? and there's an interesting conversation there because now I think what you're trying to get at here is the question as it was written out was, you know, what kind of darkness has to be there to break your faith? But I think the question that I feel like at the gooey core of this what is binds you to the faith. Yeah. Or like how defined are you by your faith? So I think, uh, uh, know what I, you know what I'm thinking is not what breaks it. What, what, what binds it? Sure. What keeps it connected? Not what breaks it. Because now because I'm thinking it's, 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 it's easier to say this happened. So I let go, but it's another thing to say, I'll not, I won't let go no matter what. I'll bolster. Now, now yeah. it's like, yeah. well, Why? Yeah. Why are you so bound to that? You're bound to that to death. Sure. You're bound to that. Um, uh, you, you'll let your community go. You'll let your friends go. Like, you got to think, if there's something in your faith that goes, you don't do this no matter what. Sure. No matter what. Like, for example, ride or die, you never leave your friends. You never leave your friends. No man left behind in war, right? We see stories like that all the time where it's like, I don't care if there's bullets whizzing over my head. I'm not leaving without you. The question would be, why? Yeah. Like, what? Because it's easy to run. We, that's not the hard thing. You know, that, that's what I'm, I, I think I'm getting there. That's not a hard question to answer. Easy. There's bullets whizzing over my head. It's real easy. It's time to run. I'm in danger. But what makes you not run? Yeah. And I think the answer is, it's like I believe in something that's greater than these bullets. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm connected to something that's greater than this. That's actually making me say, you know what? The consequence of what happens to me is not greater than my belief in this thing. Yeah. Even yeah. You know, that, that doesn't feel as like succinct as I would like it to be. But I think that's kind of what I'm coming to. I think of, um, was it Dan Slott? I think I'm trying to look this up. Yeah. I think it was Dan Slott who wrote Spider-Man Big Time. It was a, a, a like a, a run. It was an arc in Spider-Man back in 2010, maybe. And one of the arcs in this, like the subplot in this, was called No One Dies, right? Mm -hmm. And it was Peter Parker has this realization. I don't know if it was a realization or if it was a, like a dream or something like that. He like imagined everyone important to him, everybody he loves dying right yeah. and he thinks back to the people who have died because he's been tangled with them or because him being spider-man or something like that right gwen stacy is an example spoiler warning sorry uh 
And he says after that, no one dies. And it becomes this new faith. It becomes his new, with great power comes great responsibility. Mm. He'll say it often. And he would say it through a number of Dan Slott's run on Spider-Man. No one dies. No one dies. And that was very important. That was a piece of Spider-Man's character during that time. It may still be. I haven't actually kept up with Amazing Spider-Man. But it was important because... Things would get real harsh. Things would get real bad. Always, no one dies. When I'm around, I'm a better Spider-Man. I'm a better person. Nobody dies on my watch. Not even the bad guys. Not even people who would, would be better if they were just gone from my life. And that defined his character. And there was, I mean, there were very dark times that would pull him toward not being able to hold on to that. But that was an important piece of Spider-Man. So when I think about this question, I think about that arc, the no one dies thing. Mm -hmm. And I think about like, what made it so important to Peter Parker to, to make sure that that was the case? Because then I think about something like Deadshot in the movie Suicide Squad. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Really minor scene, but Deadshot's daughter pleads with him not to kill somebody. Mm -hmm. Please don't kill this person. Please. And Deadshot's like, okay. I won't. And he gets thrown in jail. And then he spends the rest of the movie killing folks. So there's an interesting thing. Like, what was important to Deadshot? You know? What was his faith? What was his character defining drive? Is that faith, though? I don't know. I'm just asking the question. Y you know what I'm... I'm just asking the question because that was a motivating factor for where he was in the story. I'm thinking about... I think, I, I think I've kind of come across something here. Uh, faith? Because I, I am a Christian. Uh-huh. <clears throat> And I believe that as a, as a Christian, God holds me together. Uh -huh. I don't hold it together. God holds me together. If it was up to me, I, I wouldn't do the things that I believe in. So if God is responsible for you. Like, I, I can't do it within my own strength. What are you responsible for? Well, I can't do it within my own strength. Yeah. I can't do it within my own ability. Uh -huh. Like I'm limited in my abilities. There's something that after I've done what I can do, what I've been given stewardship over is the word I, I think of. Okay. Like, hey, this is yours and here are your abilities. Do the best you can with your abilities. But there's an understanding that you are limited. Yeah. You know, there's a part of this that I can't do. You know what I mean? Like my nature is not to do the right thing. My nature is not to... to Think about the other person more than me. My nature is to all think about me. All of us are bad guys. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sure, We're sure. all bad guys. Yeah. My, my nature is to go, well, if it's me or you, it's going to be you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. My, my nature is if I'm hungry and you're hungry, well, I'm going to eat. You know what I'm saying? Like I need something to help me go the other direction. So kind of going, kind of going directly back to the question, if faith is something that I believe in, what would... It's more about what would keep me from going to the dark side. Mm. You know what I mean? Because mm. the dark side is tempting. Mm. It's luscious. It's, it seems more fulfilling. It seems more juicy. It seems more comfortable. It seems more, you know, love bears all things. Like, I don't want to bear all things. Sure. Love believes all things. I don't want to think well of you. Sure. You know, it's easy to think bad of you. Right. Love hopes all things. I don't want to hope for the best. It's easy to kind of just sit in the worst. Love endures all things. I don't want to endure anything. So that's why you have to tell me. 
bear, believe, hope, endure. I'm telling you to do it mm-hmm. because I know you're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you think about it, listener, you don't want to bear with your significant other. They're freaking annoying. They are annoying. Mm. You're like, oh, shut up. You want to say the words out of your mouth. Shut up. The dark side is very close at all times. It is on your shoulder like it'd be real easy to just not do what the person's asking you to do. Just don't do it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Something's got to keep me together. Something's got to hold me. Because if it's it's up to my own strength, I can only white knuckle this for so long. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I think when we look at faith as it plays a role in this kind of thing, that think that even that's part of Batman of why he's so, I like him, but at the same time, I I would never want to be like him. Mm -hmm. Because he has to literally white knuckle his whole existence. You know what I'm saying? He's got to just like grit his teeth and hold it together. And that's like, man, I can't do that. Sure. I'm aware of, and that's why the people call, play around and call him Bat God, mm-hmm. because that's not really possible in real life. Yeah. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, sure, sure, sure. nobody has the ability to be able to do all that kind of it's stuff. It's unrealistic. So I, I get the connection to faith, the acknowledgement of I, there's something that has to be outside of me that's got to hold me together because, or, or, or give me clarity or expose me and help me understand and make sense of all of this. Because when I look in me, there's stuff in there, but it's not enough. So what is the incentive you know of, what I'm of keeping it together and being good and bearing all? How do you mean? I mean, it's hard to do that because your human nature makes you want to, you know, be selfish effectively, survival, sure. right? Yeah. Let me just look out for myself. Yeah. Right. So what is the incentive of Keeping it together. What is the incentive of investing and practicing faith? What's the incentive of meaning like you you have a lure. You you're an attraction to all the dark stuff. Mm-hmm. What's the attraction to the light stuff? What's the attraction to the light stuff? I'm trying to think of like how to understand the question. If there's an attracted to attraction to a dark side, mm-hmm. we we say there's an attraction to a dark side, yes? Mm-hmm. So why don't you go to the dark side? Oh, why Why not go to the dark Yeah, why side? not? Um, what pulls you the other way? I think that it's knowing that it's like self-awareness. It's un- what were you going to say? I was, just th- I was just thinking, I mean, like, t- we want to define faith here. Mm-hmm. And faith, in my understanding, is a complete trust in something. It's, it's to me, faith is putting your putting your hope in something that you cannot necessarily see. Yeah. Something that you cannot necessarily hold and touch. Okay. It's something that's outside of you. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. At least but I, from- I, and I want to att- attach to that. The completeness I think is important because th- there, there couldn't be no flaws. Like, wait, wait, who's saying that? I'm it, like, I'm saying that as a definition for faith. You're saying that faith is flawless? I'm saying your faith is a complete trust in something because to not trust it completely means you have an issue of faith. Like your faith is wavering. Well, well, let me let me at least from my perspective, right? I'm I'm talking like Merriam-Webster right well, now. Le- well, at least from my perspective, sure. right? There's an ideal and then there's a reality. Realistic. Yeah. You know? Sure. So to say hey, perfection or nothing, it's like, well, if that's the case, we're all doomed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And as a result, I would say, we're all doomed. You know what I mean? If it comes down to like, you got to be perfect or nothing. Mm-hmm. You, feel, you feel what I'm saying? I do, yeah. So 
Like, there, that's where the whole thing, there's grace for you, comes from. And that's the conversation of, like, well, where does grace come from? And that's a, even a bigger and deeper conversation. But I kind of get where you're coming from, because if the requirement is perfection, and then we look at this and go, well, I'm not perfect, so now what? It's like, yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. This and, th- and this has a lot to do with the Christian faith, actually. Sure, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, if perfection is the goal, and we all fall short, uh-oh. So what do we do now? Mm-hmm. You know, how do, how do we deal with this? How do we rectify this problem? That is, that's the eternal struggle. Of you know like what I mean? Trying. Like yeah. I'm drawn this way. And the fact that I'm drawn proves the fact that I've already, I'm, I'm, I'm already in the place I don't want to be. And this sure. is the problem. Sure. So, yeah. So I guess this is a in, super deep question in the, in the, well, yeah, David, you really got us on this one. I, I guess it, within the context of this question, uh, it's, if we were to rework this question, the real question deep down here is what binds someone to their faith mm-hmm. or to their morality, mm-hmm. right? What are, the, what are the ways in which you are attached to it and defined by it as opposed to lured away from it? Yeah. Because to, to say like, Lord hey, what would, what would break this thing? The real question I want to know is like, what, 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 is, what is this thing made of? Mm, that's, that's really what I'm thinking of. Yeah. And so, I would say my answer is it's something outside of you mm-hmm. because you within yourself do not have the ability for, to fulfill what faith, what faith requires. Mm-hmm. There's got to be something outside of you that draws you, keeps you, holds you, connects you. Because if it's up to you, you're going to wander, prone to wander, quick. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, like being faithful to one person for the rest of your life, that is not easy. That's not the norm. Mm-hmm. That's not normal. You you see things, you want things. That's the so something's got to hold you. Something's got to connect you. Sure, you know what I mean. And it's something greater than greater than you. And the significance in characters is, it, I think, when you see someone who is of great, intense, unwavering faith like Batman, mm-hmm. Bat God. That's interesting because that's so wow. That's different. That's incredible. This dude's living and dying by this code. And then there are other characters like anti-heroes, like Deadpool. Right. Where it's a whole nother thing. Like something keeps this guy together for some reason, but he also just keeps dipping on into the, the darkness like over the and thing, over again. But that's the thing about these characters. A totally these, different, interesting factor. These are not real characters. No. Just like someone has superhuman strength, it's possible to see someone with some sort of like almost superhuman faith and commitment. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Something that's what that, makes it interesting. In something my that's like, wow, what if, Yeah. you know, and if you think about it, Christian, Muslim, atheist, agnostic, sure. what if your faith or lack thereof, and I believe that even agnostics being agnostic or atheist is a faith. It's a, your belief is that there is no belief and that's a belief in and of itself. Uh-huh. What if you were as, you know, bound to your faith as Batman was to saving Gotham. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And of course we know Batman's not real, but looking at that as like a goal of like, man, what if, what would that look like? I think that's one of the attractive features of faith, of communities of faith, because when you are someone who is, let's say agnostic, you, you decide like, "Um, let me just figure this out all by myself. And I just don't even know what to believe. Like I have nobody, no, I got no crew of people that I'm going to roll with. And every time I come up against an obstacle, I'm just going to have to sort this one out 
alone. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you have a community of people who who look toward one resource, toward each other, and and kind of establish faith and, and understanding of life mm-hmm. for themselves and for each other, that's helpful because you have these tent poles, frames of reference. Like, I don't know what to do with this thing. I need somebody else to help me through this. Yeah. So I'm like, that is, to me, the attractive aspect of being somebody who's within a congregation or a community of any kind. Blackout congregation. Blackout congregation. <laughs> I can't do this by myself. I know I'm going to log into YouTube and watch trailer number two. You need accountability, Adam. I need accountability. So what would it take to destroy my moral code as defined by the blackout Ooh, congregation? Okay. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what it would take. It would take a real juicy Avatar 2 <laughs> sequel. I'm like, Paul, oh, please let me see the Avatar but 2. I, I, I think enjoy, going with the Blackout Congregation as an analogy, I yeah. think I have an answer, kind of an answer. You're uh-huh. like, if the dark side is this and it's so tempting, what draws you to the good side? It's that the thing that you're chasing the is, payoff. is better. The outcome is sweet. But, but, but seriously, keeping with the Blackout thing, yeah. it's like I'm chasing that moment from... From uh, uh, Sixth Sense, yeah. from The Ring, yeah. from uh, Memento. I'm like, that's sweeter. And I want that. Mm. That is sweeter. Mm-hmm. What is promised to me, what has been communicated to me, I will suffer now to have that at a later date. And I may watch the movie, stay with the analogy, and it may not be exactly, but I know this is sweeter. There's yeah. something else out there that's greater than this trailer right now. Yeah. And I think that's the reason why people will put off and that's why people connect to faith and go, yeah, I could do that, but this is greater. Sure. And I believe it and I might not be able to touch it. It's not tangible. You know what I mean? Like that saw moment. It's not, it's not here, but I believe that if I live this way and I fall in line with this worldview, this belief system, the thing, the promise that's not in my hand, but the, I'm, I'm looking towards that thing and going, that is worth it to me. And the idea, the possibility of having that I will let this go now to have that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm doing when I'm not watching trailers. And when it and I just made See all we needed an to argument do. See all we for needed faith to do. Based off the Black Ox. See, and that's the problem with see that's some it. of you speak won't give it up now. Speak. <laughs> you want everything now, but if you know him like I know him, uh, if you saw the movie I saw, you know that there's something. On the horizon that's worth waiting for. Come on, somebody. There's there's something out there that if you could just say no now, later on, it's a greater thing. Come on, everybody. Pass the collection plate around on that side right there. Pass okay, that collection plate right over there. With this. I'm just put my money in. Pass this? the collection. Put the money in the collection plate. Why? Okay. All right. It's for the building fund. Is this going to a movie ticket? It's for the building fund. Going to movie tickets. <laughs> yeah. You know, if we would have just att- attached, are we at three hours right we now? We just associated this with the blackout congregation. We would have got it a long jun- time ago. We would have got it around the. Ju- but that's that's the junto, isn't it? Yeah. That's the junto. He's coming around because now we have this. Uh, now we have a solid, established idea. No vaguity. No, I, I vaguity. Like, Did you I, just make that word say, up? Yeah, 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 yeah. No vaguity, the deal. no doubt. I, I don't discriminate. And <laughs> I, I like the way you work it. No vaguity. <laughs> oh, uh, man. This show uh, is man, ridiculous. I'm losing my track entirely. There, that's, but I mean, I think if we would just apply this with a blackout congregation, this is, a, is an interesting but question. We had to talk What, what was the allure? What was the allure? 
you know, what, what breaks you from your, your faith in the blackout congregation. Some, the, and, you know, and when you know what, and when you do, this is again, the analogy, when you watch that next trailer, it's because you, you what you're saying is, ah, yeah. this right here, I'll take this now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when it goes to what's going to pull you away, it's the allure of this is going to satisfy me right now more than that idea that promise later on this is such a powerful allegory because i'm i am not a constituent of the blackout mm-hmm. congregation um and i feel like that is that's kind of like us having a religious conversation <laughs> light that's like diet religion conversation yeah yeah is what that's about yeah how how are that's we amazing. are we at three hours right now i think uh oh wow um time apparently cannot be measured in this high of a number no, we're about an hour and a half. Oh, great. We're about okay, I'm not mad. We but, good. But we ought to move to the pool list. Okay. We ought to move to the All pool right, list. All right, I'm so excited. So. David Johnson, thank you very much for sending us that an was email. Good. That I promise, I know, this, I know this in my heart, David, you did not know it was going there. I know it. I know I didn't know. And let me tell you, I appreciate it because it helps. It, it, we are working this out in public. Yeah, we're working this out in public. These are the conversations that Adam and I would have had on the phone, and we just talk it out and talk in circles. Pick up the and, phone, babe. and then we just talk in circles till we figure it out. But yeah, yeah like that, that just helped me to kind of go, yeah, like because when you asked me, you're like, well, why don't you go to the dark side? I was like, Dag, why don't I go to the dark side? Yeah, and it's like, well, it's because the outcome, the promise is worth, you know, the juice is worth the squeeze. Yeah. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You just gotta wait until you squeeze it. That's it. That's right. You just gotta wait. Gotta wait till September thirtieth. Until <laughs> September thirtieth, Power Man coming to Netflix. All right, uh, Luke Cage. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for the five stars and a positive comment. Wow, appreciate you. All right, we're gonna move into our pull list and our books of the week. Um, I have. Let me see. I think I picked up five books this week, and one of them should have been a long time ago. I was just falling behind. Every now and then, you know, you fall, I fall behind on books Absolutely, sometimes. yeah. And then I'll think, I'm not picking up very much this week, so I'm just going to try to catch up. So I'll start there. I picked up Sam Wilson, Captain America 10. It was the first Sam Wilson Cap Civil War II crossover. So I am several weeks behind, but I am interested in catching up. I also picked up Snot Girl number two. Kind of on the fence about how I felt about the first one, but I'm ready to, to, to give it another shot for number two. I picked up Steve Rogers' Captain America 4, also a tie-in with Civil War 2, Hail Hydra, Wonder Woman 5, and Blue Beetle, number one. This is one of our books of the week this week. I borrowed the other one. All right. I got Batman Detective Comics nine thirty nine. Jeez, Louise, man! Batgirl number two. Batgirl. I got the variant cover where she looks like an MMA fighter. Very excited about that. Uh huh. I've been watching UFC since nineteen ninety four. Whoa, what? I didn't know it was around in ninety four. Mm-hmm. It was around since ninety three. Was Joe Rogan a part of it then? Nah, no, okay. no, no. Um, so to see MMA mixed martial arts being. Like Conor, Mc- oh, that's another thing I did this weekend. Conor McGregor mm. versus Nate Diaz, mm. arguably one of the biggest, best fights in the UFC history. UFC is officially taking over boxing, as far as I'm concerned. Wow! But to see, um, but yeah, to wow, see look at that. that girl on the cover of a variant in an MMA fighter kind of like outfit. Yeah. That's like just shows MMA's come a long way. I like that. Wonder Woman number five. I got the Cho variant. Mm-hmm. I did too. She looking husky on here. She is. 
She is Nighthawk. I've been in. Remember, I remember where I thrashed Nighthawk at first. I remember. I'm enjoying it. It's coming around. It's growing on me. Uh, I, I I need to reinvest. Nighthawk number four. Yeah. I got Deathstroke number Rebirth number one, and then I got the regular Deathstroke number one because I wanted to catch up on that. I got Blue Beetle Rebirth number one, Ulysses number one. I'm not excited about either. Okay, this is the part where we get into our books oh, of the week. And no, oh, we got a Brave, Brave New World's got me. Court of Owls. Court of the, Batman, Court of the Hours, Scott Snyder, writer, Greg Capullo, illustrator. Um, this is the volume one of their whole John, five bucks. Five it's on the five dollar table. That I, is I, I, a soft cover. I normally do hard cover, but I was like, I mean, for five dollars. Wow. You gotta grab it. Wow. That is so worth it. That's a that's a fantastic book. And that's probably five or six issues in there. So it's like a buck an issue. Yeah. That's, and I like to be able to have stuff like that to lend to someone. Tremendous. Like, hey, Batman's great. Check it out. Read it. Yeah. And trade paperbacks are just easier to lend. So that's a good thing all around. Uh, books of the week. Every week we choose two books and Octavius and I read them and we talk through them. We hope that we are doing that with you, which means if you have not picked up and read our books of the week this week, you are not going to want to stay tuned for this part of the show. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit through these issues. We, we, it might be a short talk. I'm just saying yeah. it might be a short talk. But every week yeah. we try new books. We're trying sometimes in continuity, like things we're picking up as a series and a new issue comes out and we try that out. Other times we, we, we test something different. And that's the idea. It's a little adventure that we're going on with y'all. Uh, so this is the book of the week segment. We're going to talk through Blue Beetle Rebirth number one. We're also going to be talking about Civil War II Ulysses number one. And if you haven't read them, spoilers, ahoy, three, two, one. It's your fault. <sighs> yeah. Lead us, because I, I don't... So I, me I mentioned just a moment ago. Take us down this road. And when I say a moment, I mean like an hour and a half ago. Not every swing is a home run. That's right. Not every swing. You know, every once in a while, you, you don't hit that three. Sometimes you just... Sometimes Curry pulls up. Whoops. Bang. <laughs> So we picked Blue Beetle. I'm going to start with Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle number one. Uh, I am going to shout out the creative team. This is brought to you by Keith Giffen and Scott Collins. The story by Giffen, the script by Collins, art in the cover by uh, Romulo Fayardo Jr. And what, what, what kind of history do you have, Blue Beetle? Uh, Young Justice. Young Justice? Yeah. And that is that Ted Cord or is that Jamie Reyes? Uh, I think it's Jamie. Okay. Jamie Reyes is the Blue Beetle, I think, as of the New 52. Okay. He is the New 52. Prior to him, it was Ted Cord. I can't really say very much more about that because I don't know very much more about that. And let me tell you, Comic Book Junto listeners and friends, this issue did not help me with anything. Yeah. It's confusing. Yeah. The, the first issue was confusing. There are, just right out the gate, I just want to point this out. Mm -hmm. There are different caption boxes, like two different styles of caption boxes. And normally they're very stark, different colors. Yeah. But this is just two shades of blue. Two different shades of blue with so different panel designs. Like... And they usually indicate who is speaking and the information, where is it coming from. First. Already. Out the gate, 
I'm not sure who's speaking or where it's coming from. Right. And then the title of this arc is Will the Real Blue Beetle Please... And then Stand Up is back there. Of course, we got reference to Marshall Mathers. Right. Right out there. But it's crossed out with the words die. Yes. With a real blue beetle, please die. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's just a lot of mixed messaging happening. The, gate, the, the, the title of this arc is not an original thing. We crossed out some words and added something different. Right. I don't know who's talking to me. I was a little, let's, let's say discombobulated. That's a good word. All right. And it never really picked up. It never organized itself. And I, it, you know what happened? It just dove right in yeah. to what was like an already going... It seemed like this is a story that was already going on. Yes. and Which I've felt in other books <coughs> in, in, in Rebirth. Like when we're picking up in continuity, it feels like I'm joining, in, uh, joining into a conversation that I missed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, I'm sorry. I have not been present for this. Can we just d- scroll back to the beginning? Yeah. No? Okay. I guess no, I'm just going to try. Keep, okay, all right. Cool. And then I, I had a really difficult time figuring out what was happening here. And it wasn't fun. It was just disconcerting. Uh, there's a conversation between Jamie Reyes and Ted Cord. I don't know what their relationship is. Apparently, they've been working together. But at the same time, they don't seem like they're buddies. I just don't know what's happening. Yeah. I, and that's why I really honestly don't have a whole lot to say about this book. Because there's a lot of things happening but there's not not a lot that I have I have an understanding of, and as a result, there's not a lot that I really have an opinion on, because yeah, it's like okay, so you going to school and these your two friends argue a lot, and you live with your parents and your sister, I think, and yeah. then you got called to go somewhere, so you went and. Then you fought these guys who were looking for you. Yeah. And after you fought the guys who were looking for you, then you want to get the thing off your back. And then Dr. Fate shows up. That was confusing. And then the book ended. So it's like, okay, well, there's not a lot to talk about there for me. What about you? There's something interesting about this in that Jamie Reyes, our hero, doesn't seem to be... He doesn't want to be Blue Beetle. Right. But it seems like all this dope stuff is happening, so I don't understand why he doesn't want to be Blue Beetle. I I didn't get a sense of why this would be a burden. It just seems like it would be really cool. It seems like something you're supposed to already know. Yeah. So when we get it, the third or fourth panel on the first page, so Blue Beetle it is at least for the foreseeable future, or until I can talk the aforementioned billionaire into doing something about freeing me from my little scarab buddy. And I'm like, what? I get, I just, I don't know Blue Beetle well enough. And this as a number one comic hasn't introduced me to Blue Beetle well enough to say, I understand where we are. There are a couple of things in here that I do like. I like the design of Blue Beetle. I like the way Blue Beetle looks. There's something about like Blue Beetle's face that I like. The yellow eyes and the fact that his mouth comes through and the mask and that sort of thing. He looks pretty interesting. He's kind of got a little bit of like an iron spider thing um, with the legs and, 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 and all that attachments on the back. I'm confused by the relationship between Ted Cord and Jamie Reyes. And that seems to be the bulk of this entire comic is the two of them chatting with one another. And I just don't necessarily understand how they know each other or why. I, I don't get it. I, I don't, I don't know. 
it's hard for me to even talk through the comic. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. I didn't enjoy it very much. Um, it didn't didn't do very much of what I wanted it to. At one point, some John is like happening to Jamie Reyes's hand, and he says, "No, Armor's trying to override me again." And I was like, "What? What is that? How mean? can you say like, again?" Now, now I know from the cartoon, I kind of know what that means. And him, so not sometimes want- he's like not in control of well, this. The thing, the, the thing about the scarab is, is the scarab kind of has a mind of its own. Okay, so, so it's a little symbiote. Yeah, so it kind of can kind of take action and kind of defend itself or react or act or whatever the case may be. But again, you didn't do that. You didn't tell me that. Sure. You didn't explain that to me. You didn't make me care. I'm putting this book down. I don't care. Listeners, I apologize if it sounds like I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about when it comes to Blue Beetle. But here's the truth. I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about when it comes to Blue Beetle. And as a comic book fan and someone who especially prizes accessibility to this medium, to this culture... I want to know what I'm talking about. I want to be able to figure it out so I can enjoy it. Blue Beetle number one, I don't know what's happening. Poor job of inviting me into the party. I feel like I was not supposed to be here. Like, oh, ooh, this was already going on. Let me just just back out. I don't know what's happening. The artwork is pretty decent. Uh, I like the design of Blue Beetle himself. But I, I don't know what else to say. If you're a huge Blue Beetle fan, I bet you know what's happening here. And I hope you enjoy this issue. But um, no, nah, I did not feel welcomed by it. Let's say that. So there's that. Moving on. All right. On to another one I wasn't very excited about. Yeah. T- tell me about this. Ulysses number one. All right. So backstory on Ulysses. That's <laughs> great. Backstory on Ulysses. Ulysses is a pivotal character in Marvel's Civil War II, the event taking place right now. We're reading Civil War II. We're also reading two of the tie-ins, We're or several, I guess. The Accused, we read. We are reading Spider-Man with Miles Morales. We're reading Power Man, Iron Fist. Ulysses is the name of the inhuman who can see or feel or experience the future or potential future that has caused the conflict between Iron Man and Captain Marvel. That's what you need to know. Ulysses is a new inhuman with this incredible power and the inhumans want to train his power. And that's where we pick up with Ulysses 1. What's happening in this book? Internet, I don't spend a lot of time on stuff I don't like. I've shared with it you got with you guys before. We've talked about that. We've answered listener questions about that. So I, I, this I did not enjoy this book. Why did you not enjoy this book? Because the story again didn't really seem to help me care about anything that was going on. Sure, I and it, we have the information that we need about Ulysses through. The Civil War II book? Nothing happened in this book that gave me any new context, any new clarity, any new information. You know, you didn't actually introduce me to any of the characters very well. Um, You know, you said, this is Karnak. He can do this. This is Iso. This is Flint. This is Ulysses. This is Medusa. And then after that, it was kind of just like Karnak going talking weird and literally everybody else in the book being like, what is Karnak talking about? Literally going, what is he talking about? Sure. Like, I don't understand what he's saying. And Karnak pissing everybody off. Sure. Being a jerk to pretty much everyone. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and it seems like he does that as a because Karnak's skill is he can actually see the weakness in everything. He, he finds that flaw. So it's it would make sense that he'd be quite a big jerk sure. to be able to push people's buttons. If he enjoys doing that, and I guess apparently he enjoys doing that. But it also seems like he does it at certain times as a, t- as a tool to kind of get what he wants. He, he utilizes the weakness in conversation to be able to manipulate people, which seems like a cool cool power, but it's just kind of like, I don't, I don't care. Like, you know what I mean? I, re- I just don't, I don't care about what's happening in this book. Mm-hmm. And as I'm reading it, it's really like, I, I honestly don't care about anything that's happening right now. I, I didn't dislike it as much as you did. I do have a bone to pick though, which is the name of this book is Ulysses. So my understanding is we would get to know Ulysses more, this kid who now suddenly has powers, who is at the center of this incredible conflict. I imagine there's a lot to deal with. If you were that young guy who his whole life changed and you were the focal point of an immense war between superheroes, I imagine that's a lot to deal with. That's a lot to cut through. But this issue was really just Karnak. And there is a Karnak book. There is a Karnak book. I felt like under I felt undersold. Like we would experience some of Ulysses' plight, his opinions, his background, his, his emotions. What how he got his powers. But how really they we're just it's just Karnak saying crazy stuff. And it made I was hoping that, ooh, Ulysses, we're probably gonna get more insight into spoilers, which is what we're trying to figure out in Civil War. How do Ulysses' powers actually work? Yes. You know, because yeah. that's the that's that is what's pivotal. In Civil War II right now. That's right. He has these powers. He We trust his powers. If you're Carol Danvers and crew, you don't trust his powers if you're Tony Stark and crew. Mm-hmm. You know? And the debate is, how do his powers work? Can they be trusted? That's, that's what Civil War is all about. That's right. So if we're going to get Ulysses' book, I would assume that's what we'd be addressing. That's right. That's not what we address. And there are even panels in Bendis' Civil War II in which... Ulysses will say, I just experienced this thing and will have a look on his face like he's not even sure it's real. He doesn't know what to do about it. He feels like he looks hesitant to even share the information. I wanted to dig into that a little bit. I had some eagerness to dig into that. Just some. But I don't think we get that. I will say I like the artwork. I love the cover. I think the cover is Frank Avila and I love... Frank Avila. Uh, I like the artwork just fine. It's it it's good. It's more colorful than I expected it to be, uh, given Civil War has been very dark. Um, but I like the artwork just fine. The plot is the Inhumans deliver Ulysses to the Tower, and Karnak is the Magister. And we don't really get a lot of information as to what that means, but we understand that Karnak is someone who can train Ulysses, and he walks Ulysses through the Tower which is some beacon, an important place in inhuman uh, culture. And he says, hey, you're going to live in here and I'm going to train you and that's that. And it's really about Ulysses' experience of like, what the hell is this place? What is going on? Why is everyone so weird? And we get a, a, a little perspective into inhumans and how weird they are. Inhumans are basically ugly mutants. Because mutants have these powers and sometimes they're just like cool and they're teens and like look how neat we are and I'm zipping around. I got butterfly wings and with the exception of guys like Toad, let's say. For the most part, they're like... Nightcrawler. Or Nightcrawler. They're like, you know, they're, they're pretty cool looking. And 
And humans are like, my whole face splits open, and all I am is actually a tongue. Not all of them. But, you know, but it's like that sort of thing because it's a lottery. They go into the, the TerraGem mishappens. They go into the cocoon. And sometimes they don't even survive that process. They die in the cocoon. And other times they come out as some like crazy monsters, basically. So we get to see some of those crazy monsters. Like they go into the cafeteria and... Tongue. I, and like a fly person pukes on the table and then just like saps it up. I guess there's a lot happening in this book and there's not a ton of context for it. And to some degree, I enjoy how weird it is. I like the idea of this, this poor kid being involved in this culture that he doesn't understand. And they're like, look, this is how it goes. Inhumans have to take this walk. I don't know why, but it's an important ceremony. We got to walk there and we're going to put you in here and you're going to get trained. And to some degree, it reminds me of like a karate kid thing where it's like, you know, how do you understand a different culture? I understand that I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to train, but I have no idea what I'm doing here or how it works. So there's some portions of it that I like, but on the whole, as a, as a first issue, this isn't something that ties me. It didn't make me more interested in Ulysses. It made me feel weird about Karnak. My favorite part was the end when Karnak is trying to discover what triggers his power. That's the only thing I got out of this. Yeah. And I was going to point that out. He says... I'm going to touch you now. It won't be fatal. Sure. And then Ulysses freaks out. He goes, or maybe it will be. You yeah. annoyed me. Sure. And when you're reading, you're like, this guy's a jerk. He's just a jerk. And then he goes, so it can be accumulated by, it can be, accum so accumulated stress can be a trigger. Yeah. And that's when I kind of clicked, oh, Ulysses' whole point is seeing the weakness in things. Oh, and you mean Karnak's whole point? It, that's Karnak's power. I think Karnak, his whole thing of being a jerk is intentional yeah it's purposeful it's it's a tool it's he, like he's trying to understand your true self by he's tapping the he's nerve. poking at you and yeah. kind of going like oh you know let me see what i can do to kind of oh oh okay okay so stress so the whole thing i'm going to touch you now he's like a test to see how you respond he goes oh okay i won't hurt you and then he sees that you respond he goes oh he's responding to that or maybe i will hurt you and sure. then you respond more it's like oh stress is okay got it i got you yeah but besides that it's like man Waste my time with these books. In Karnak in this reminds me a little bit of Stick, especially in the Daredevil yeah. TV show, where it was like, you know, he's the mentor, he's the master, and he's also just a curmudgeon and an asshole, you know? Yeah. He's just a jerk. And I was getting that read a little bit on Karnak. I might come back for a second issue of this because I, 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 I'm intrigued enough to see what happens inside of the tower. I am not. I just want to know what happens inside of the tower. And I did like the introduction to Karnak when the Inhumans walk up on him and he tests them. And he's like, yeah. Flint, your parents died. Yeah. And guess what they were thinking about? They were wondering, did he love us? No, they didn't. And he's just trying to like, let me touch you. Mm -hmm. Let me get to your vulnerability so I can see what you're really made of. I did think the cool part was like, she, she where she says, uh, who is it? Iso? Iso. And Iso was she like- She can control pressure. Yeah, I can kill you or something like that. Remember that? And he goes, I remember that you stopped. Yeah. And it's like, dang. This guy's, this guy's kind of tough. There is enough in here that I thought was interesting for me to check it out again. There was- there's some really weird stuff, like off-putting. The, uh, uh, the, the inhuman named Locke. And as long as Locke's hands are together, 
he can keep this door locked forever and ever and like no magic. I mean, like it's even confusing for me to understand what that power is. And why is that even relevant to what we're talking so about? So right gross now? and strange. And there's some bit of it is amusing to me where Ulysses is like, am I going to turn out like that? <laughs> right. And Karnak says, are you going to become beautiful? It seems unlikely. And I thought like, okay, that's, I kind of dig that. I thought it was kind of funny, but there's not a lot happening here. And I think you have to have a certain taste for weird. I ain't got it. I understand that. I understand that. I might stick around for this, but it was disappointing in that it didn't give me really anything about Ulysses. Um, I'm hoping if there's a second issue, well, there's gotta be a second issue, right? In the second issue, I'm hoping at least we get a little deep dive into what makes this kid special and, and how he, how he thinks and what makes him tick. But, eh, kind of a whiff. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Sorry. No civil war this week. We did not do wonder woman this week because we had skipped uh, a week or two of wonder woman. So we didn't want to just dive in you if know you what? hadn't stuck maybe, around. Maybe we'll catch up on um, Wonder Woman uh, next week. Because next week, there's Spider-Man number seven. And wow. that's really all I saw that's jumping out at me for next week. So um, we can either try to catch up on Wonder Woman or what do you want to do? What do you think? Because where, where do we, did we do Wonder Woman 1 and 2? We did Wonder Woman 1 and 2. Yeah. All right. And this is Wonder Woman 5? Yeah. And I think the only Wonder Woman, because there are two stories happening here. Mm-hmm. One is, I guess, quote unquote, present in Rebirth. And the other one is a retelling of Wonder Woman's origin. Yeah. And for my money, the retelling of the origin rules. It's excellent. And the present stuff, not as good. Okay. So depending on the week, I don't know. The retelling of the origin is the even numbers, right? Yes, is the even numbers. Okay, so why don't we read for next week Spider-Man number seven, and we can read uh, Wonder Woman number four. Number six. What? Oh, you mean we're going to go back in time? Yeah. Oh, we're thinking about going back in time. We're going to pull an X-Men, and we're going to mess with the timeline. Yeah. Okay. So let's say we're going to do that now, unless something more attractive pops up. Well, I don't... You know, because I don't think there's another Wonder Woman coming out next week, and I'm not seeing it as I'm looking at the list. True. True. um, Okay, let's do it. Don't always have to be a brand new book. Yeah. So, Spider-Man number seven and Wonder Woman number four. Yeah. That works. All right. All right. So, I think that's it for this week. Yeah. Hey, man. This was an, an odd one. We thought we were coming into here, sitting down, and banging out. A 50-minute episode with these books of the week. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and offer credit to David Johnson. You uh, you gave us something to chew on. And appreciate that. Stan the Man Lee. Thanks, uh, Uncle Stan. Thanks so much for your vagities. Thank you for the... I like the way you work it. No vagities. No vagities. Um, thank you for the five stars and a positive comment, Uncle Stan. We appreciate that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, especially after listening to this episode, he's probably going to be like, these two guys have got something. <laughs> Still getting a little Gilbert Godfrey. All right, fine. <laughs> giving it what I got. All right, tell me where you can find you on the internet. You can find me online on Twitter and Instagram using the same name at Adam Teteris, A-D-A-M-T-E-T-E-R-U-S. Now I'm ATAT, though. 
This I'm I'm my true self. I'm a tet. A tet. I'm, I hang out with the gods of Egypt. I'm just one no, of the white no, guys no. down there. <laughs> oh gosh. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. You can find me online. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. That's what I use mostly. How about you, Octavius? Find me on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat at Octavius A Newman. O C T A V I U S A N E W M A N. If you like this podcast, as we always say, leave us five stars and a positive comment on iTunes. Subscribe, share. Um, this with somebody else at this podcast on Twitter, five other people invite them to join the Junto. We'd really appreciate that. Subscribe on SoundCloud. You can also listen on overcast stitcher, Google play pretty much wherever podcasts can be found you can check can. Us out there. Yeah. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Put, put a tin can on a string. You know, like when you're a kid and you do like telephone. Did that ever work? <laughs> no, you can basically no, no. just hear the person. <laughs> no. Every time I did that, I always got a podcast. I was like, where the hell is this coming from? Is that ATET? Wow, that's weird. Is that my man ATET talking about the future? The, why is that guy screaming about a congregation? Wow, incredible. Is this a sermon? My life's going to turn weird. <laughs> that's That was me. Just like, I'm, I'm getting... Is this the future? I'm getting audio peaks of the future through a tin can. And why does that guy keep yelling? <laughs> What's this conversation about rings on a plane? Rings on a plane. All right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Check out the episodes. Share this with some people. Invite some people to join the Junto. Um, we really appreciate that. Help us uh, spread the love, spread the show. Um, we love you guys. We're enjoying doing this. Thank you guys for continuing to listen. Thank you guys for continuing to tweet at us. We love talking to you guys on Twitter. Um, yeah. Um, we got we got some ideas coming for the future. We're excited to share with you guys. Big things. Big things popping, son. Uh-huh. All right. So we love y'all. Until next time. Peace. Uh-huh.